I go to a salon. Ooh. Now it's awkward because they cut them with masks on. And uh. like, she's like, I'm just going to move it so I can get around your ear. And then it just, fe- it just fell off. <laughs> it, was, it was awkward. I think like, I was oh. screaming like, ah! <laughs> it's like a Godzilla movie. People running out of the barbershop. <laughs> yeah. Unclean! Oh, your hair is so sexy, Corey. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Achievement Hunting 101 podcast. We are the experts at achievements, hunting, and 101 laws. <laughs> As you might have guessed, I'm Corey. Hopefully, you don't categorize me as Fufu Cuddly Poof, who is still on paternity leave. He's on what? Maternity. Paternity. Oh, paternity. paternity. Yes, yes. Yes. With a P. We get those kind of benefits? Uh, You know, we don't pay very much, but we got dental and paternity leave. We have dental? (laughs) Nobody told you? Some of us. You didn't get the welcome packet? (laughs) (laughs) All right, and uh, as you've heard, we have L, Michelle, and Nate with us wait tonight. A minute, wait a today, minute. I deserve my own introduction. Feed me more. Coming at you live <laughs> from my top left corner of my video screen, we have Big Elliot. Hey, little Corey, how you doing, buddy? I'm I'm okay. So we're called Achievement Hunting Law now because uh, 101 looks like law? I get it. We're, no, we're just the experts at ah. achievements, hunting, and uh, laws. Yeah. I can make you laugh out loud. Very easily. Anytime I want. Anytime I want. You get that soundboard working, and you're correct. And I can even make Mango laugh when he's not here. <laughs> you certainly can. <laughs> Tommy! <laughs> Anyways, uh, on to the show. A little bit of housekeeping. We normally don't do housekeeping. I want to uh, let the Spotify users know that today we have enabled, because we figured out how, all of our episodes are now on that platform. Uh, it had previously been publishing the last 100 and always knocking the uh, the oldest one off, but that is no more. You can find the entire archive on Spotify. So for those of you who are really craving it, and I am not recommending it, (laughs) episode zero is a thing out there. So go and enjoy that, I guess. If you want to hear episodes before Nate was a full-time cast member, you can go back to those really early ones. Ah, the good days. (laughs) Yeah, I listened to the first uh, two minutes, basically the introduction of episode zero. And uh, it's Kenny stumbling over words, so you know nothing changes there. <laughs> and uh, it's just me and just L. And uh, it was a thing we did, and we put out on the internet, so you can go listen. It's it's always good to be able to see where we where yeah. we have come from. I mean, I didn't have a mic back then, but thanks to all the patrons, now I have a nice one. So we have come That's far true. enough. So thank you very much, That's everybody. True. You had a tin can and a string. I did. I did back then. Sure did. I did, and then I, so and then I returned the can for a nickel, and here we are. 
It's definitely an improvement. So if you want to hear that, maybe you want to hear that improvement, go check that out. Other bit of housekeeping. We're going to try to keep a tight panel, tight ship sailing uh, today uh, because we have an extra lengthy special segment. Uh, We have our very own L, and don't let that drive you away, leading (laughs) an interview with this year's 20... The, it was a 2020 to 2021 leapfrog winners. Three of the four winners sat down with L for an extended period of time and uh, they answered some questions. So that will come up immediately following. So if you normally skip the panel uh, or skip the stuff after the panel, maybe don't. Maybe you'll uh, hear some uh, three some cool new stuff friends from those guys. So that will come up today. Yes, three new friends. Yeah, Indigo Toyota has a very sexy voice, so you don't want to miss it. And with that, we are going to talk about games. Uh, first up, I want to hear from Nate. He's been uh, a moose flying a bird this week. Yeah, as you mm. often see in nature. Um, so <laughs> I played a game called The Falcon Year. And this was a, I, th- I want to say it was a showcase game. They, they were really hyping this up when it came to uh, Xbox Series X. Um, and It was a launch game. Yeah. Of. Yeah, it was yeah, it was definitely in the launch window and they definitely hyped it for the launch of the Series X. And um had I done my homework, I could tell you it was more than one person. But since it says <laughs> developer Tomas Sala, I'm going to say yeah, I think it's one person. And that in itself is amazing. Uh this game is a flying game, so you're kind of flying around. It's kind of kind of like dog fighting uh, with falcons, large falcons. And that's kind of unfair to say that it's a dog fighting game because at least there's no it, dogs. Yeah, exactly. There's no dogs. You, know, you expect dog fighting. You want to see dogs, maybe some, I don't know, sangria. I don't know. But, um, the, the combat is not super, uh, in involving. It's not super, um, complicated. You know, I'm coming from like a background history of playing tie fighter, uh, you know, versus X-Wing, uh, that sort of stuff. So, so the dog fighting there and the, the, you know, the ship to ship combat is great. In this game, it's kind of like the game was developed by one person. Um, so it's very minimalistic. Um, it really is mostly a game about fetch quests, it seems like, which is a little disappointing. Um, you're kind of going to different areas and you're landing on perches and you're talking to different factions and factions will only give you quests when you have, um, contracts with them or, uh, basically little permits that allow you to get jobs from them. Now you can buy these permits from the person at the same shop, uh, who accepts your money, uh, and you can get money from completing little quests or picking up pirate chests and turning them in things like that. Um, so you're, that's basically how you're going to progress through the game is getting all these quests, going out, finding all these different locations. Um, and while not the most thrilling aerial combat, uh, the game is very pretty. Um, and it's, it's very much a, a relaxation game for me. Um, I had been, uh, actually I was playing this while I was editing the segment that comes after the panel today. Um, and because I didn't need to pay attention to the story, I could just kind of fly around. Uh, I was enjoying that part of the game. Um, so as I was saying, the graphics are really nice. The combat's not so great. Uh, the quests are kind of just go here, 
find this thing, maybe talk to this person, bring this thing back. Very fetch questy. Um, but there, there are lore bits uh, every now and then when you land on a particular uh, shrine. So there are, co- there are a couple different shrines. I'm not sure how many yet. I've found three or four. Uh, and when you land on them, they give you a little bit of history about the, um, I guess, the the story that's going on in this world. Uh, it's basically everything in this land is covered by water, except for this really weird trench in the middle of the map where the water just kind of goes down endlessly forever. Um, so it's a very interesting kind of layout. But there are these shrines that are kind of um, just underwater, and when you land on the perch and you hear the lore about the shrine, the water kind of like pulls away a little bit and a statue comes up out of the water and you, and you learn a little bit more about why that shrine exists. And that part's kind of fun. But in all, it's, you know, if, if you're only looking for, you know, dog fighting, aerial combat, it's probably not going to scratch that itch for you. But if you're looking for something kind of relaxing, uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and it looks good, then uh, maybe the Falconeer is something uh, you might want to look into. Yeah, I played it at launch, and unfortunately, I only got like an hour to an hour and a half in. It was just really slow starting. Yeah. I do kind of want to go back to it to see if it picks up, but yeah, it, it was not the most fun thing. From my experience, the first hour is pretty indicative of the gameplay. It's about yeah. that speed. Like, you'll go to a place, and maybe you'll have some combat there. Uh, and then you're basically just going to be flying back. There is this nice feature that when you're going uh, and doing one of these quests, most of the times, uh, you'll be prompted with, okay, just get there. So you can fly, and you can look at the ocean, you can look at storms, you can do all that fun stuff. But rather than just staring at water passing underneath you, you can also hold the A button and then they'll warp you basically to your destination. And then maybe you have to do a little bit more flying to find the thing that you have to find. Uh, but they, they cut out kind of all that middle travel, which is nice. Looking at your achievements for the Falconeer so far, it looks like you got one collectible achievement. It, it seems like there's a bunch throughout the game. Are, are these unique to the shrines, like they each have their own set? Or was there just one set that you can complete early on in the game? Well, for the longest time, I had no idea what I was doing because I wasn't listening to the game. I wasn't really reading the game. Um, So, yeah, so it was kind of hard to to get an idea of what I was supposed to be doing. Um, So I was just flying around exploring. And, uh, you know, part part of that time was also my daughter doing the same thing. She was just like, she sees me play a game. She wants to help and she wants to participate. So, okay. So this game is not heavy on combat. So perfect. She can fly around and and have fun with that. the achievements that I got were mostly for discovery. Um, you know, you complete the prologue, you get an achievement. You find your first shrine, you get an achievement. Uh, you find, uh, I found three sea enchantresses. Now, those are just people that are at different um, settlements. So I think if you find the right three settlements, then you get that. You're going to need to find everything. Um, you're going to need to find all of these places, all these outposts and things like that in order to get all the achievements. They're, they're mostly just for landing somewhere. Some of them are for combat, you know, defeating five enemies during a mission. And, and that can kind of be cheesed by like defeating them, running away, coming back and they've repopulated and defeating them and then running away. And I think you do the same thing with like killing ships and um, uh, turrets as well. So eh, I don't think it's gonna be too hard if you actually want the completion TA's estimate says 15 to 20 hours. Uh, that might be right. Um, it's going to be a lot of flying, I can tell you that. 
in my head for no good reason. I'll make up a reason, but for no good reason. I kept just crossing wires between the Falconeer and Immortals Phoenix Rising. Maybe there's something about a phoenix <laughs> and a bird. Um, but it's you that letter F. Couldn't talk about these games more differently uh, than you have, yeah. <laughs> other than your daughter picks up and plays it sometimes with you. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is not that game. Um, they're yeah, they're apples and oranges. I mean, it's it's a, a series enhanced title, right? So that's. Maybe a positive. I may have you like I know with uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, you've tried on both consoles to see if there are any substantial differences. Did you try that at all with the Falconeer? I did, and you know one thing I haven't tried is playing a an older game as an older game on the Series X. Uh, mm-hmm. Every time I go to fire it up, I'm like, I'm going to save on Comcast fees this month. This is the month that I do it. <laughs> so I transfer the game over from my my One X over to my series X. And then I go to boot up the game and it's like, Hey, we've got a prettier version. You want to download that? <laughs> and, and like, there's no option that says, no, I want to play the old ratty game. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just like, well, if I say no, what's it going to do? I don't, I don't want to say no. So then I download the thing and play it. Uh, it's just to me, there was no huge difference between the two. Um, it looks good, but everything looks good on the series X for the most part. Um, but playing it on the one X, it was just fine. Um, I didn't notice any, uh, improvement in the load times either, which is a little disappointing. Um, cause th- the intro getting into the game for whatever reason always takes like a minute. You have to watch like oh, this, wow. uh, cutscene with the whatever loading and then, and then you can get into the game. It's, it, that's a little bit annoying, but, um, yeah, nothing noticeable that I could tell. So I'm assuming part of the reason why you're playing the Falconeer is because it just hit Game Pass this past week, right? That's probably why I picked it up. Yeah, I was looking for something new uh, just to try out. And like I said, I, I I knew I had to invest some time on the computer uh, and I wanted to play a game while I was doing it. And I obviously couldn't do anything that was like really intensive, like questy, you know, I have to pay attention to the story. So I just wanted to play something that I could just grind away on or just kind of, you know, plod through and do whatever. Uh, and this game um, kind of fit the bill for that. Like, you know, I sound kind of down on the game. I'm just not super up on the game. It's, it's okay. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it as you have to play this. Um, but if you like the graphics, you're into kind of aerial combat and you kind of want to chill out and do some fetch quests. This game might be good for you. I think that there's a connotation with it coming out with the series X that you're expecting more. Mm-hmm. At least I was. Um, mm-hmm. uh, l- like you said, this is like one main developer. Uh, it's a budget title, thirty dollars. Uh, you know, flat out, or it's on Game Pass. Just came out. Um, so there is some connotations with uh, you know, all of that stuff tied in. So take that for what it's worth. I do agree with you. It was a very pretty game when I played it. Uh, it, a little bit slow to start out, but it is a different game. You, you don't really see a ton of vehicular aerial combat games. Um, and, and the Falconeer is definitely one of them up there that's a little different. Uh, I did want to point out that when it came to Game Pass on February 4th, they did release, they're calling it a DLC. Uh, it's only $2. There's no achievements for it, but it allows you to ride dragons. And the dragons come <laughs> with homing missiles. And according to one article, they are overpowered. I like the sound of overpowered. <laughs> yeah. But the combat wasn't difficult. So. Yeah, I think there. I think you had a difficulty option. Yes, and, I, and there. there was no achievements related to difficulty. So yes, so I bumped it down to uh, easy. 
Oh, good. Quarry mode. Um, <laughs> one other thing you kind of, you said PC, although I don't think you played it on PC, correct? Right. No, I didn't play it on PC. I, right. I think you were talking about like PC game pass quest. Anyways, it, you can play it on PC. It does have a windows version. However, TA does not list it as play anywhere. So for those who like to switch around, your saves might not uh, go across platform there. Just a word of uh, potential warning. Interesting. So uh, thanks for telling us about the Falconeer. Can I ask questions? I was waiting for you to. (laughs) I'm still not sure if you could see or hear me. I can hear you and see you. I can see you. Unfortunately. Sorry to hear that. (laughs) I was going to echo what you said earlier about it being uh, one of the first optimized for Series X and S games that definitely looked pretty, but every time I watched video footage of it, I believe you might have streamed it once, Corey. I did. It just seemed slow is the word that I want to use. Yep, very, very slow. Um, Just the getting to locations, getting to the combat, it's just like, okay, just kind of floating here, clouds are passing by kind of deal. Mm Mm-hmm. They have uh, 12 friends with it on their tag, and a good eight of them have only gotten either one or two achievements, so people seem to <laughs> to put it down. Any sense of how many of them started it pre-Game Pass? Not really, but yeah, I, I haven't looked that far into it, but it seems like people seem to just <laughs> not get back to it. I was going to ask if you have any sense, uh, either one of you, of how hard it is. Uh, the, like I said, the combat is not tough at all. Um, <clears throat> now, maybe it's just because, you know, I'm at the very beginning of it. I started out on normal, um, like I normally do. And then, like I said, my daughter wanted to play, so I, I bumped it down to easy for her. Um, and I just never found a reason to turn it back up because there was no combat. So uh, no real need to change that. It doesn't seem very difficult. It just seems – it really seems like it's a chill game. Uh, you're not going to be, you know, your blood's not going to be pumping when it comes to combat. Um, yeah, it's impressive for one person, but yeah, as a launch title, it, it's kind of, it's not as impressive as you would hope. Yeah. For me playing it the day it came out, it also came out alongside with, um, planet coaster and Tetris effect. Like there was just too much stuff to drag my attention through it and not enough interest to kind of go back to it immediately so like i said i'll probably give it a go eventually but it's definitely not on a high on my list to play at the moment unless kush gets further in and tells me it's the next phoenix rising i don't know (laughs) yeah that's not gonna happen but (laughs) so anyways uh that was the falconeer uh michelle what have you brought to the table this week so the Devon. last time I <laughs> the last time I joined you guys, I really, really wanted to come back knowing I'd be back on a couple weeks later and talk about the medium. But unfortunately, I got a little hooked on trying to hit a completion percentage target, so I didn't do that, and I've been mostly working on games where I have already started them. So one of the games I played, uh, because of Warboats, was Sherlock Holmes the Devil's Daughter. Uh, have any of you guys played any of the Sherlock Holmes games before? No. no, can't say that I have. I did when one was going to leave or something like that, and mm-hmm. I just didn't. 
there was no way I was going to finish it. So this is the one that left. Um, and subsequently, it was on sale for a couple bucks. So uh, Elle actually grabbed it. So I have access to it now because I had started it while it was in Game Pass. It's a visual novel. It's Sherlock Holmes. It it actually has some an interesting approach. It's kind of similar to Murdered Soul Suspect, if you've played that, uh, where you find different pieces of information throughout the campaign and you have to take this information and make um make deductions based on the information you have. So you have to combine two pieces and you'll you'll have to decide between this guy was out for revenge or this guy was out to protect somebody. And then based on what you pick there, it'll lead to further deductions. And then eventually at the end of each case, you have to either condemn the suspect, <clears throat> pardon me, or you have to let them go. And I don't believe that that matters. You just have to complete the case. So if you like these sorts of games, there really doesn't seem to be any way to fail. Um, in Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter, you just play until you find everything and eventually keep clicking on things until all the deductions become available. Uh, but if you want to do things in a more clear-cut, straight-line sort of fashion, there is a really superbly written walkthrough on TA for the game. So I actually had played this game again right before it left Game Pass. I haven't played it since it left Game Pass. I went to the walkthrough, looked at the last achievement I was up to, and I was able to pick up right from there because the walkthrough is done so well. I like to play trying to figure out the stuff on my own and then using the guide to sort of make sure I make the, like, collected everything I needed to collect. There are no collectibles in the game, but just got all the pieces so I don't have to keep going back and forth between the different environments. But um, it's super well done. And so if you want to use it just as sort of a guideposting thing, you can. Or if you want to just use it all the way through, you can. Um, but it's if you like visual novels, it's along the long side. It's 10 to 12 hours. But it's it's good. The characters are fine if you know Sherlock Holmes and Watson and all that. So I've enjoyed what I've done with it. I'll probably put it aside for now. But especially when it comes around on sale again for a couple bucks, it's worth picking up just to have if you're looking for something a little different to play through. When you're trying to solve stuff on your own, can that potentially lock you out of achievements? I don't believe so. And the game has, I think, seven or eight cases in it. Once you complete the cases, I believe you can then go select them. Like Once you complete a case, the case is done, but each case is a couple hours. So it's sort of similar to how The Walking Dead works, right? Like you'd finish an episode and then you just go start the episode from the beginning. So if you read the walkthrough, it'll be like, oh, this is a missable achievement. But it's not flagged that way on TA because you don't have to play more than, you know, an hour to get back to where you need it. So I don't think there's anything that you can miss. And you can also get stuff wrong. If you get it wrong, it'll flash red and let you know like this was an incorrect deduction. Try again. Yeah, I think I, I tried to play one of these games. I think they're, they're all by Frogwares. Correct. It seems like. Mm -hmm. um, I never got an achievement in the one I played. I think this I think this game just wasn't for me. It's possible uh, it's not like they're not outstanding per se but if you like these sorts of visual novels that also have sort of an adventure element where you know it's not just pointing and clicking in a static room you do have to walk from place to place there are little elements like there's one scene where Sherlock Holmes is sneaking through a house and Dr. Watson's being a decoy and as uh as Holmes is walking into the house he makes a creak right when he's walking on the floor and you have to, there's like a, almost like a quick time event 
where you have to highlight something and then Watson knocks a vase over. So it's a little bit more interactive than some visual novels are, but it's still essentially what it is. And you're not picking up items necessarily to like open up this keyhole. It's it's more that you're finding scraps of newspaper or a letter somebody sent, a bloody napkin or whatever. Like you're finding stuff like that to solve a crime. I guess people don't. Don't say yeah, I was gonna say, I guess people don't <laughs> love this type of game. I don't know. Well, she, well, she said visual novel. I looked and saw it says point and click. So yeah, definitely not up my alley. Although I do hear decent things from them. Uh, there looks like there's three of them. Uh, and you mentioned murdered, murdered soul suspect, which I assume is similar. Yeah, let so. me correct myself. I keep saying visual novel when I mean point and click. Um, just got my wires Same crossed. Diff, right? <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's, you do have to point on things and and click on them occasionally. Uh, so yeah, it, but it's also classified as adventure. So it's 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 a little bit a little bit more interactive than a point and click, but not substantially. Yeah, excuse me. There's four short Sherlock Holmes games. One's on the 360, and then uh, well, the, the, one of them is this a is stack a stack, on the yeah. 360, and then there's a Crimes there's a there's one that's uh has an EU version. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can definitely get some stacking on, but uh they all look like, you know, fairly easy games. This is the kind of game that back in the 360 day, these would be the easy gamer score games people would pick up. Cuz it's only 10 to 12 hours, you can't miss anything. It doesn't require any particular skill and there are good walkthroughs for it. These days, that's more passe because there are so many better options if you're looking for a quick gamer score hit. And because these games Man, are easy, ten to twelve hours has to be good. <laughs> <laughs> because these games are are easy to play, but they take so long to finish. They're really just they don't have that like niche pocket of people who will play them, even though they're not interested in that subject matter. So people who are going to play Sherlock Holmes and the Devil, Sherlock Holmes, the Devil's Daughter is going to be, you know, people who have played the other games in the franchise and maybe want a series completion or people who just legitimately like playing point and clicks. Cause it is good at that. It's just, you know, it's, it's not super quick, but it is easy to get through. Yeah. Just kind of quickly browsing their, their catalogs. Mm-hmm. Um, the Devil's Daughter is not the most played game, but it has quite the number, almost thirty thousand. It wasn't people. Games Pass. Yeah, you, you got to think that game Games Pass comes from uh, the majority of that. It looks like it's their second most played game. Like, do you find yourself getting invested in the story at all? I like the trying to solve the puzzle without the risk of getting it wrong element of it. Mm-hmm. So, if you're asking that in the context of could you play this game with the sound off and just go through it, you could because, again, very well written walkthrough on TA. Just follow that, and it, it's even you know sometimes when you're playing games and you don't remember which button does which thing, like it even always indicates that, like press Y to enter intuition mode. I wouldn't have remembered that from the last time I played. Um, but the stories are are fine for what they are. They're all murder mystery or. or something in that nature that some kind of deviousness has happened and Holmes has to figure it out. So that they're entertaining, I I thought, but your mileage may vary, obviously. So I'm I'm looking at the way the walkthrough is structured and it's a lot, you know, it's based off of Sherlock Holmes. So they're all individual Mm -hmm. stories and individual cases and then maybe not interconnected. It kind of reminds me of LA Noir in the way that, that was structured about cases. Is there anything to that? I 
think that like that's accurate because there is sort of a persistence between the stories in how certain characters interact. So the core people in that story, just like in L.A. Noir, when you arrest the core villain, may or may not come back. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do fi- don't figure back in. Um, in this one, I, I only got through it to the second case, so I'm not 100% sure, but there are definitely persistent characters between them and some time elapses between them. So I think that's, that is a relevant comparison in that mode, that, that it is a set of cases featuring kind of the same players, um, throughout it. But there's not a sense of, like, you could finish the first case and then log in two years later and play the second case, and it's not like you lost anything so far as I've played. With L.A. Noir, there still is an over... Uh, overreaching narrative that you want to play the game in pretty reasonable succession so that you see that story from start to finish. I kind of got like, I want to play it again now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to give it a fair try. I think, I think the thing is I, when I played it, there was a deadline and it wasn't this mm-hmm. one. It was the, it was crime and punishment, I think. Uh, and I think there was a deadline and I, and I did my usual thing where I don't want to just go in and, and play to a guide. I mm-hmm. just don't want to follow a walkthrough the first time I play a game. And uh, and as I started to play it, I was like, this is going to take so much time to actually squeeze right. the game the way I want to do it. I want to play it natural, and then I want to do a cleanup. And I was just like, this is just going to take too much time. Uh, so I think that's why I probably bailed. But when I when I have time and I look at this thing, it does look interesting. I like Sherlock Holmes. I mean, Benedict Cumberpatch is awesome. <laughs> well, and especially in the context of of Sherlock Holmes, like his office is sort of the hub between everything. There's no open world that you travel on. You you quick travel between different locations uh, that are context sensitive to what needs to be done. But his office is typically one of the spots you can travel to. And his office has all sorts of superfluous information you do not need to interact with. But if you're playing the game on your own without a guide, you might be inclined to sit there and like, well, I'm going to read the whole encyclopedia because it's here and somebody bothered to write it. So I can understand why if you're playing under a time crunch and you want to be guide avoidant, it's it's not the best choice. If you're on a time crunch and you don't mind using the guide, though, you'll skate right through the game. Speaking of skating, I did some of that in my living room this week. Oh, well, do tell us how, Corey. So I don't have a game that I got achievements in to tell you about this week, but I, it's a game that you can get achievements in mm-hmm. if you so choose to purchase it on uh that kind of platform. The game is Just Dance 2021. So this what? is not my typical type game. Yeah, you heard me. Just Dance 2021. Uh, and this, this is game. kind of like a, a a dad PSA. So this is not a game that I would ever buy or play typically. And uh, I heard it on another podcast and I don't know why it never clicked with me, but I uh, they just said that you know they bought it for their kids. They had he had daughters, uh, and I have two daughters, and, and it just like they had a really great time. And so I was like, you know what? I I don't know why, but my kids would love this game. I don't know why I haven't thought about it. So I kind of just said, all right, I'm going to check the price, and uh, we'll see. We'll put a price tracker on it and see where it goes. Um, not thinking Xbox at all, actually. Um, I wanted it on the Switch uh, for several reasons, uh, but first. As soon as I looked it up, it was on sale uh, for like 30 bucks, And like the next day, GameStop had a deal of the day and it was 25 brand new. So I said, okay, it's done. We're, we're going to get that and uh, we'll just keep it. You know, uh, whenever the, the kids do something good, you know, that we can reward them. But, I, you know, I couldn't wait and we're terrible at keeping stuff. <laughs> so they got that the next day. And uh, we've been playing it for a couple weeks, mostly on the weekend, except for this past week. It's been almost uh, almost every day. 
uh, if the kids, you know, have been good and stuff. But yeah, Just Dance 2021. I don't know. It's very fun. Uh, the, the kids can't get enough of it. My wife actually likes it. Uh, she, she uses the she uses it as workout some days, uh, you know, to get in 30 minutes or whatever. It has like a calorie, a sweat mode is what they call it. It tells you how many calories you burned. However accurate that may be, which is probably not accurate at all, uh, but it is there. Uh, there's a good selection of songs, uh, I noticed. There's a kids mode, which is really nice. And what I got into it was uh, the sw- the Switch version. Why did I not get it on Xbox? Well, the Switch is connected to the big TV in the living room, so there's area to actually dance there. Uh, the Xbox is at a desk in the office, not a lot of room, so there's there's that. The second piece is it will use the Joy-Cons, uh, just one of them, as the, the thing that you hold to dance. And you can add other devices if you had more controllers or if you have a phone, you can actually use your phone. I imagine the Xbox version is phone only. One, my my kids don't have phones. And two, I could not imagine really holding anything bigger than a Joy-Con if I have to hold anything. So the phone doesn't really (laughs) seem like the best option either. (laughs) And at least for my wife's sake, the Joy-Cons have a wrist strap. (laughs) And she has been known to throw a Wiimote or two in the past. Anyways, uh, this was a great game. Uh, I I recommend it for anybody who has young kids, especially if uh, they like to dance. Uh, you get some good moves in. I was looking at the achievement list because you can get it on Xbox, and I think that in the past week I would have unlocked half of the achievements at least. Um, I noticed there was one for getting level one hundred, and we're already at like level forty three. Uh, we've like mega starred songs and burned calories and upon calories and sessions and. Uh, I don't know. It's really great. And they have this thing. I think you mentioned it a few, like maybe even a month ago, L. They have this Just Dance uh, subscription service where you get unlimited. You get their, you get their whole song catalog. It's like 30 bucks for a year and it's like 600 songs. And let me tell you what, we were dancing to some Frozen and some Moana. <laughs> so I know you're a big fan, Koosh. Um, that's on there. And you know what? I think that's a pretty good deal. I'm a huge you fan. You should have gotten the trial with it, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's what I'm using right now. 30 day trial. I, I can't imagine we cannot use these songs anymore. So that will probably be purchased uh, along with a Nintendo subscription, which I have not been using. So you said using the Joy Cons? Using the Joy Cons. Four players? Or are you switching off two players at a time? Yeah, you, you can do like up to six, I think. Um, since there's no achievements, there's really not a, per- a reason to get out our phone. And if, if we happen to do. You can do like competitive mode or co-op mode. If we do the competitive mode and we beat the girls, they're just like, you know, they get <laughs> upset because they didn't win. So I just literally I was I don't know what was going on. But I was just holding the Joy-Con in one of the songs and it was still counting all the moves, most of the moves. And I was winning against my uh, my three year old. <laughs> and uh, so eventually I just kept really still and she eventually won. And I said, you are such a better duck than me. Because it was a duck song. <laughs> and then on all the princess ones, I, I had to lose on purpose because, you know, my, my, my six-year-old. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty good princess, but I, I had to let the <laughs> six-year-old be the best princess. It's just, it's just such a shame you, you don't have it on Xbox because there are all those four-player achievements that nobody can get because nobody has friends who play Just Dance locally. <laughs> and and you're just squandering it on the Switch. Yeah, no, I I never really pictured like what i was gonna say you said uh i was gonna say there's no reason 
to get this game on the Switch because it doesn't have achievements. You know my famous saying, uh, you need to play for achievements, not for fun. So um, yeah. to answer your question from earlier, the Xbox version, if you recall, you get two versions of the game. One uh, for the Xbox Series X that doesn't use the Connect, and one where you can use the Connect for Xbox One or Xbox One X. Both versions oh, that's can right. use um, both versions. You can use the phone app as well. So there's always something you can use to play it. And yes, holding my big phone while playing is interesting, but it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. This is not going to be a quick game. Like I said, I got probably, I could, could have got like half the achievements in this, you know, second mm-hmm. week of playing, but it, it's, it's definitely a game that you have to be in it for the long haul. Look, looking at some of these, it's not even completed. At least I, I guess I'm looking at the series version um at the moment uh because you're right i did forget that you can buy a bundle and basically get two Mm -hmm. stacks if you have both consoles uh some of that stuff does look pretty difficult um they want you to like megastar 40 songs that's why you have done that naturally once (laughs) well the six-year-old and three-year-old aren't the best you put them together (laughs) get a nine-year-old they're having fun they'll get it done anyways that's my parent PSA game uh, for this year. Uh, Just Dance. If you if you're like me, you thought you'd never play it. Maybe give it a shot if it goes on sale, which is on sale right now. Um, Thirty bucks uh, might be a good a good incentive, and it actually uh, I don't know kids can do it easily. Well, and to your point with the like you would have gotten a lot of the achievements. All the Just Dance games are good with that. Like after the first song, typically you pop four or five achievements like it's there aren't too many games i feel like it's either you get all the achievements within a really quick stretch or it takes a while to get some like the pacing on the list is nice there are some really grindy things but um but you feel like you're making progress every time you go through so the game does a good job with that like all the just dance games have similar lists but they're good in that way yeah yeah absolutely all right L, it is your turn. Please grace us with your gameplay antics that you got up to this week. I always have some fun antics. Instead of a oh, I know you. Instead do. of a dad PSA, I have an old man, formerly uh, nerdy kid PSA. As I recently went back to your favorite game and mine, Magic: The Gathering, twenty fifteen. Now, did you remember what I said? This is the voice of Corey, not Kenny. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you've been PMing me all week asking me for tips. I'll briefly touch. Different kind of PM. <laughs> you could play this game all doing a BM. Anyway, Magic: The Gathering, twenty fifteen, is a game that came out, I guess, in twenty fourteen, and it's the, unfortunately, I think what happened was they stopped coming out with yearly iterations, so I never finished this one. And it's a type of game, much like Sunset Overdrive, that we joke about that will show up on my RTDL. I'll get the one achievement in it and then put it away. But this time, I decided to go for the completion. Um, At the same time, our buddy Kronos messaged me saying, "Uh, Al, uh, you owe me a favor. Uh, Can you help me with my 100 online wins? So I'm like, oh, yeah, a couple years ago, I helped you. I mean, excuse me, you helped me get my 100 wins. And he said, no, I think it was uh, over three years ago. I said, you're crazy. And I looked, and it was in 2017. So he's been holding on to this debt for 
a long time now. So I owe him the 100 online wins. Thankfully, the game does have a tracker, so you can see how many wins you have. Uh, unfortunately, you do have to play the games out. You cannot quit out. Uh, if you're into magic, you can just make a deck where you can try to damage yourself, try to make it a little bit faster. Um, the game estimate says 50 to 60 hours, and I was like, yeah, that's crazy. But I'm looking at my hour count, and it says 53 hours. So apparently that's about right. Uh, what I finally did to wrap up some of the achievements is I did something very cheap that I didn't want to do. You can make custom deck where basically you pick, um, it's hard to explain, but you pick lands that are one color and then the other cards are a different color. So the, when you, uh, the computer plays, they can't actually do any moves to hurt you. And you can play against what basically amounts to a dummy deck. And then you can beat up on the dummy deck and get a lot of achievements. So there are some solutions that tell you what decks to make and you can get five or six achievements at a time. I finally did that. And I have one achievement left, which is to ex uh, defeat all the explore nodes, which basically is just you do five battles and fight a quote-unquote boss and unlock them and get all the cards in the game, and then I will be done. So I'm almost done. Um, what I wanted to say is that I was familiar with Magic since uh, I've been playing it since 1993 when I was in high school. Back then, we used these things called actual cards and played with people in real life. Now we have Xbox and computers, and it's amazing what you can do to program AI to play these type of games against you. It's just amazing what they do to counter you, and you're like, wow, I'm shocked. Um, what, I didn't, what I'm not so sure about is how a non-fan or non-player can learn the game using the Xbox. Now, my son definitely figured out the basic rules of the game. Um, Michelle, I remember trying to learn on one of the older games. Do you remember... The basics. I learned how to play on 2012, or I don't even think it was numbered because the first year that the Magic games came out, it wasn't wasn't yes. given the years. Just Magic Duel, the Planeswalkers, and then in subsequent years they attached numbers. And I think 2015 was the last one, and then they released the like I don't know if it was free to play, the one that was out on the the one that was the more grindy one. Um, but yeah, I learned how to play. I, I think. You had kind of shown me a little bit on the cards, but I really learned how to play Magic on the on the console. I'm confident enough playing it that I could beat the computer on average difficulty, but I'm not I don't know the game well enough to play against human players because human players who've been playing Magic forever really know the cards and know the decks. A big part of Magic the Gathering when you're playing it for real is deck building. And there's a certain degree of that in the video games where you unlock cards as you go through the campaign and then you can build your custom decks. But in the game, typically, like Elle noted, they'll say, you know, just use a green deck or just use a red deck or use this red-green combined deck because those are the more attacking sort of cards. But people who know magic know, well, this card's going to counter that. So I have learned the game. It, it was a sufficient teacher in terms of learning the rules and how each round of play goes, but not necessarily to make you super good at playing it against other people who really know it. Yes, and the other thing you can do in the game that you can't do in real life is uh, if you don't like the cards you're dealt, you could just hit pause and go to restart tool. So, uh, And also, if, you, um, if the opponent goes first, you could also just pause and restart. So you can definitely cheese things a little bit to get the advantage, go first, get a good hand that you like, because oftentimes that's good enough to beat the computer. 
All right. So that was Magic 2015. One quick question about it, though. Just real quick. I know from like 12 to 13, I played those. There really wasn't a significant difference between them. Did that? Is that still the case by Magic 2015? Like if you've played the earlier ones, you know what you're getting into? Or did they add anything significantly different? What I what they did to make it different is they don't put every single card in every game. So each game will have its own select group of cards for you to choose from, if that makes any sense. So they don't have mm-hmm. – there's thousands and thousands of cards. So that's the main difference. Um, they they have all the same characters and worlds in, in the game. So there's actually a story that they try to put in there that for whatever reason. Uh, so that's the main thing. Uh, unfortunately, after Magic 2015, what they did was they came out with this game called Magic Duels. And that came out in 2016, and it was an online-only game. And it was known for being buggy and having really bad achievements, like getting 500 daily quests done. And what was the other crazy one? I think 500 online wins, and you had to do it in ranked or something crazy like that. And the game had no achievement tracking, unlike Magic 2015. So people were not a fan of that game. As much, I guess, because they closed a service for it. And unfortunately, that game has 12 discontinued achievements, of which I have one of them. So that sucks. But Well, the entire game has been delisted, it looks like. Yeah, it went bye-bye in 2019. I wonder why there's not been another Magic game since. Yeah, I mean, this one was... I guess because it did bad? I guess so. They, I, mean, I don't know. This one had 50,000 players, and that's on a console. Yeah, and I think the idea on this one was that they made it like an FTP. They wanted you to buy, spend money for 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 the cards. That was the main concept of this one. It's curious because if the annual releases were doing well enough that they still felt compelled to do annual releases, I don't understand why the free-to-play one failing, like why they wouldn't then go back to annualized Magic the Gathering releases because they seem to do okay yeah i don't know why and once i'm done with 2015 i will maybe go back to this one and see if there's anything i can clean up how many achievements are on the total list i know you said 12 are discontinued uh for origins i mean duels has uh 49 49 total chivos so you could still get a significant amount done but you can't download it now right you said it's it's off the store i guess so yeah, I was looking at it. It's been removed from the store. So if you had it, you can get it I again. But and um, I was so I have all the Magic games complete now. But Magic 2015 does have an Xbox 360 stack as well. If I get that itch to uh, <laughs> complete it again, but probably not. All right, so that was Magic: The Gathering 2015. Uh, while I have Michelle here with me, my co-op partner, I wanted to quickly mention that a couple of weeks ago we talked about starting. We were here too. And we got through the first three levels. Uh, in the last two weeks, we have gone through all the levels. And then you have to redo it again with playing the opposite the opposite part as your partner. And in the second one, for We Were Here too, you have to... Uh, you can use a guide if you don't know what to do, which we didn't use a guide the first go-through, but we used one to find all the levers to pull because you need to pull all the levers to, I guess you would say, get the best ending. I don't know if there's anything to spoil. We don't want to spoil anything. But if you don't want to spoil the puzzles, just want to know where the levers are, You, uh, there was a YouTube video that we used to get that done. And uh, Michelle, do you have any thoughts on this? I have one quick story to tell, Uh-oh. if I can tell a quick story. Something that really encapsulates the experience of playing We Were Here 
with L. With you, big L. If you guys would <laughs> indulge me. <laughs> so just as L was alluding to, to explain, we were here very quickly in terms of the way the game is structured. You come, we were here together, or we were here too is structured the same way. Here we were here together is slightly different. It's a longer game. But the idea is you and your co-op partner have been separated as you walked into this dungeon or whatever. And in order to come back together, you have to solve a series of puzzles where you're feeding clues and information back to each other. The game is designed to be played using an in-game walkie-talkie. That's kind of a mess. It doesn't always work well, so stick with party chat. But the idea is you can only see what you see. So if, if you're doing a puzzle where somebody needs to uh, select a triangle, a square, and a circle, one person sees a triangle, a square, and a circle, and the other person has to be told this information and then figure out where to use it. So there's one puzzle in the game that's structured like um, one of those mirror puzzle type games, like think something like Fearful Symmetry in the Cursed Prince, where you know you have to move to symmetrical sides and occasionally uh, intentionally hook an object by a rock so they split apart, whatever else you have to do. We had done this where Elle was giving me the clues and I moved the pieces around. We got through it no problem at all. But when we had to go through the other way, we had so much trouble where I eventually had to have L load up the game on Twitch so I could tell him how to solve it. It was backwards. So when you were giving me the clues, oh, sorry, yeah. when you were giving me the clues, we got it. And then when I was, it was time for me to give you the clues, we couldn't, we couldn't do it. So, and, and it's not structured like where you could take a picture because the grids are different. So it's just like, put it up on YouTube or on a Twitch. So we managed to get through, to be fair to L, that was the only puzzle we had to cheese that way. The rest of them we were able to do in the actual configurations the game intended. Uh, and that's, I want to say with the first we were here, there were, it was randomized, but very limited randomization. So there's a walkthrough on TA that actually has like all the different potential things. We were here too, seems to be randomized a little bit more thoroughly. So it's not quite so easy to cheese that way. Uh, but joking aside, it was completely fine, except for that, that one puzzle. Otherwise it took longer than the two to three hours, I think, to play naturally. But, um, you know, it wasn't significantly longer than that. It was a good time. It was a good time. And I look forward to getting to, we were here together, even though that one's supposed to be six to eight hours. Uh, some of our friends have told us it's the best one in the series. That and it actually more has a, a story. story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So curious to see how that goes. Have you already bought it? Mm -hmm. We have it. Yes. Cool. I noticed that it incrementally increases in price from the first to the second to the third <laughs> game. So. Yes, it does. As, as well as the completion times, it looks like, as <laughs> yes. well. Remember, the first game dropped as a Games with Gold title. I believe yeah. it was launched right into Games with Gold. And then immediately after they put it in Games with Gold, the second game came out for $5 or whatever it was. And there was sort of this sense of like, now, wait a second. They they released the sequel while the first game is available for free before we even had a chance to play it. But fine, we'll buy in. And then We Were Here Together also came really shortly after that. But I don't think they've developed a, another one that I'm aware of or are working on another one. I mean, there's definitely no other game like this where you just you have to communicate well. There's, there's, um, I don't remember if it came out on Xbox. I know it's a VR game called like Don't Stop Talking or the Bomb Will Explode or something like that. Does that sound oh, yes. familiar? Mm -hmm. Yeah, where, it is on Xbox. I, I, okay, I thought it had come there, but it, it's a very similar type thing where one person sees the bomb. 
and everyone else has to, or the other person has to feed clues. Bomb Core in one of the Jackbox games is is similar, where you only see what's on your screen and you all have to work together to feed clues to the person cutting the cable. But this one's the only one where the puzzles are more involved and they're varied. To the credit of the people who make the game, the puzzles are varied, which is is nice. Like you're not, we didn't go from we were here the first one to the second one going like, oh, we already saw this in the last game. So that's that's one of the fun elements of it is actually just understanding what the puzzle is before you even get about solving. I mean, as Matism and I were playing A Way Out, um, we kept thinking back to this game. Like A Way Out is like a top tier version of this type of gameplay. I think that's really fair. I think the one difference would be in we uh, A Way Out is you you can see what your partner's doing. That and, is true. Yeah, and you need that as a tool to solve things. So like mm-hmm. when you're when you're climbing back to back up the elevator shaft, like you need to see your partner. And so the game allows you to do that uh, where this is more call and response gameplay, but yes, anything by Hazel light studio is top tier version of how to do that style of gameplay. Yeah. Going in uh, consumed by the darkness going in blind is usually the best bet. Uh, Speaking of the darkness, I think, you were going to bring uh, bring up the darkness, weren't you, Nate? In our sale segment. Oh my god, Sailway. Sailway. <laughs> terrible Sailway. I'm going to warn you. For no, saying actually, that. it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I I noticed that that was on sale. Now I have no personal experience with the darkness or the darkness too, but. Uh, I know that some people here mm-hmm. have played at least one of them, and possibly most of two of them. Oh, I have played both. Um, and I, well, what were the sales prices? Well, I hadn't gone into that. I was going to, I wanted a little bit of backstory on are the games good? Well, okay. So, so you're looking for me to, okay, I will, I will start then. Um, I would highly recommend both at, uh, at sale prices. Like the darkness the first one especially was the kind of game you could walk into GameStop and buy the disc for $5 forever. Um, and so that, but the darkness was actually one of the first retail games I bought on my Xbox 360, knowing nothing about it. The darkness is based on a comic book uh, series. I had no idea about any of that stuff, but the aesthetic of the game is really cool. And yeah, I'm not going to go into any details about the story or anything like that, but the story is is interesting to follow. There's one of those better, like, you know, w- one of the more memorable moments, in my opinion, were like, oh, I've got to go make this right kind of thing. So very, very solid game. Darkness 2 is, I don't think, quite as good as Darkness 1 in some respects, because the first is the first, obviously. But it's also very good. There is some multiplayer achievements if you're interested in the completion and maybe with people buying it on sale. You'll find some people to help. I'm happy to help with the darkness. I enjoyed both of them. I think I'm only missing two achievements in the first one, and I completed the second. I may be wrong. So they're they're really not too difficult in terms of actually earning the achievements, but they're just the stories are good. They're they're good games to just sit down and enjoy the the ride and what and the experience. Well, yeah, I, that's, I looked at the cover and I said, this looks like a game I'd want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, that was for the first one. And of course, I looked at the second one and said, I've got the first one. I might as well <laughs> get the second one. 
Um, so the darkness is $4 down from 20. It's a first person shooter, 25 to 30 hours. It is backwards compatible. It has a walkthrough. It has multiplayer achievements, uh, that can be boosted with two people. Uh, there's also one achievement that requires four people. So if you can get a couple friends together, uh, you can knock that one out and then just get your real friend to play the rest of the game with. Isn't the darkness um... too? <laughs> Isn't the darkness known for having a little trick where you can go through the whole game uneasy and then load it up on yes. hard? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah. So last checkpoint, just change the difficulty to hard and you should be able to just wrap it up really easy. So that's that's definitely something you can do. You do not need to struggle on the hardest difficulties. Uh, the darkness two is $6 down from 30. Uh, it is 15 to 20 hours. Uh, it's backwards compatible. It has a walkthrough. It does not have multiplayer. Uh, and, but it does require two playthroughs. The second playthrough is a new game plus, uh, playthrough. Um, I don't know if it has that same difficulty cheat or not. And, uh, finally, the last game I want to mention, cause we are running a little long, uh, is the bug butcher. Uh, do not overlook this game. This is a fun little action-packed title. Um, it is two dollars and fifty cents down from what? ten. It is a shoot 'em up. They say it takes six to eight hours and it has a walkthrough, which is crazy because you have a walkthrough for a shoot 'em up. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's strategies maybe on the different levels because some of them require you to think a little bit differently. Um, this is the type of game. It's not. I can't remember what it's called. Pang's Adventure, I think, is, is this type of game. And I think maybe there's a title for this type of game where you're basically running from left to right along the screen and you're shooting up at, uh, at enemies and you just ha- mm. kind of have to recognize their patterns, like their bounce patterns or their flight patterns and their attack patterns at the same time. Um, it's a fun game. It's very colorful. The graphics look mm-hmm. a little bit like something you'd see in, uh, I want to say, Alien Hominid a little bit. Um but yeah, I think people should check this out. I, I feel like this is a diamond in the rough for an action uh, shoot 'em up, and I would love for people to to take a look at it and tell me if they think I'm crazy or not. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know anyone who started it? Like, did you? I know that take a look? Uh, Mattism, uh, my buddy Mattism. I know that he completed it. Oh, okay. Looks like it used to be on Game Pass a couple of few years ago. Was it on Game Pass? I, I don't think so. That doesn't, that doesn't, I don't think so. Sound no. familiar. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not positive. I, I see a bunch of friends have completed it, though. I feel like... Oh, wait, 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 wait. It does say... There's an article. Yeah, I guess he was right. Oh. Yeah, I see the article. Must have been a real... September 2017. Real brief appearance on, on Game Pass, then. Wow. Okay. So it was there a year? Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Well, now we know. Yeah, this looks like just like uh, Pang's Adventure. Or as I know it as Super Buster Brothers. But yes. Or Doom. It's a lot like Doom. Yep. Anybody else have any sales recommendations? Michelle, maybe? I, I do. So I have a totally selfish sale recommendation that I'm probably still not going to pick up yet. But Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 is on sale. It's not a great sale. It's $20 down from 30 uh, but I love Tetris, so and I've completed the first Puyo Puyo Tetris, which was only available as an import. Thanks, Al. So I mean, gotta go for that. You're that welcome. Series completion, I guess. But uh, again, not a great sale. But I don't know that it'll actually go that much less than that. So something to keep an eye on if you're interested in either of those franchises. Uh, also wanted to just make a 
quick plea for Lost Odyssey. I know that a bunch of people got it for free at some point. I don't think it was quite games with gold, but they made it a free game for something for some reason right around when the Xbox One was released. It's currently $6.24 down from 25. If you like JRPGs, especially if you grew up on the Final Fantasy games, this is the same DNA in terms of the development team. Um, it's probably the last JRPG I really spent time with, and I loved every minute of this game. So if there is some chance you don't have this game, you're into this, I cannot recommend Lost Odyssey highly enough. This is a very, very reasonable price for it. And also just a quick shout out to uh, Stickbold, a dodgeball adventure, which is currently $4.99 down from $9.99. This is a co-op uh, dodgeball game. It's got just a really wacky sense of humor and it's fun gameplay. TA says it's a six to eight hour completion. My completion counter says I put 22 hours into it. So your mileage may vary. I don't think it normally takes that long. Just Elle and I were playing in couch co-op, so you know, achievements only pop for one individual. It might be uh, less if you're playing just straight through on your tag on your own. Uh, but fun little game, decent ratio if you're looking for that kind of thing. So that might be one you want to give a look at as well. Yeah, I believe they talked about that game on the Abandonment Issues segment the other week. Oh. So that's a good one to abandon. Yeah, people actually play this game as a, uh, you could play it as a four-player party thing as well. There's a party mode. If we ever see each other again, we could do that. <laughs> That's true. That's Remember, true. you unlock you unlock characters and mm-hmm. you're out, theoretically. Yeah, I still need the completion on that game. Let's get it done. What about you, L? You normally go for the, the cheapies and the quickies. Did you pick out any this week? Yes, I did. I picked out games so easy. So easy. You're supposed to say, how easy are they? How easy are they? They're so easy that Fufu Cuddly Poof completed them. Oh. Oh. And they are Mr. Pumpkin Adventure, which is his, I believe he loves that game a lot. Uh, That game is normally $4. It is an astounding $1.19. So if for some reason you missed that on this gem, now's the time. And then there's a game that he actually did like. East Asia Soft Shmup Project Starship, which is $2.49 down from $5, but that one was actually fun and not Mr. Pumpkin's Adventure. <laughs> so some two quick Not the ones. Canadian version. Well, the Canadian right. version, you know, you have to go to Achievement Fest in Canada once they let you on across the border. And you can meet up with Jables and MDP, but I don't see why anyone would want to meet those people. And moving on, we have uh, Games with Gold Reminder. Uh, this is your last podcast to get Indiana Jones, that original Xbox game. Everything else will still be there. Go and do that now, I guess. And moving all along again. In the year 2021, <laughs> where games are coming soon, these are the games that are coming really soon. <laughs> so uh, next week's game as releases are as follows. On Tuesday the 16th, we'll get Conan Chop Chop. Uh, this is a one to four player action adventure game with roguelike elements. Uh, and it's obviously set in the world of Conan the Barbarian, very cartoony like. Um, so there you go. Uh, on Wednesday, the 17th, we have Kick It Bunny. Now, this is uh, in the series of the bunny games like uh, Bunny Parking and Soko Bunny. Uh, this one's gimmick is where you kick these Tetris like pieces. 
into a shape. It, it might make something else, like maybe it's a dinosaur, but what I've saw in the trailer, it could be just random shapes. So it's like those games that I have with my kids where they have to put the blocks, you know, turn them certain ways so that they fill all the spaces in the required shape. It's like that. So uh, probably going to be pretty easy. Actually, I know it will be. I've already seen uh, certain guide makers say that it takes an hour or less. Uh, so there you go. Kick it, bunny uh, is that one. Uh, on the same day, on Wednesday, is our weekly East Asia Soft. And of course, they went with a shoot 'em up again. Uh, this happens to be from the Project Starship creators. So look at that. Uh, this one's called Void Gore. Saw nothing, ex- you know, nothing unique about it. It's kind of got demons in it. Shoot 'em up. Probably done within an hour, is my guess. Uh, and that is on, on Wednesday. Thursday sees two more releases Anodyne 2. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't know guys. I, I remember Anodyne kind of, uh, it's kind of like a Zelda light game uh, that you talked about L. Uh, this one, this is actually the, the publisher or the developer's third game. They went with their second game. Uh, they went with, uh, Radalika and they are sticking with them. So Anodyne 2 is actually published by Radalika. Uh, it looks wow. to be quick, but this, it, the description says run, jump, and dive across vast, dreamy 3D landscapes. Shrink into surreal 2D dungeons inside characters' bodies. It looks insane. I don't know how, I don't know the connection between the first game and the second game. It's, it looks really weird. It's not like Anodyne is such a well known franchise that putting the name on there will encourage people to buy it who might not have otherwise bought it. Interesting. I guess. I don't know. It was. It looks a little weird, but it's not the weirdest on this list, uh, hmm. in fact. Uh, moving on to Thursday. Uh, so that is Thursday's release. The second release on Thursday is King of Seas. Uh, I've been seeing this one kind of. It's an action role-playing game that you're a pirate ship. Um, some pretty cool things about it was the world's dynamic. So things that you that you do in the world will, will stay in effect. Other things, from what I was reading, uh, the combat system... Uh, has nautical strategy to it where you need to shoot cannons and you need to take into account speed and uh, the projectile, I don't know, some math equation. <laughs> uh, anyways, you're, you're a pirate ship and you're choosing, uh, you're selling the high seas, you're shooting other things and you have uh, skill trees and whatnot. So if you are looking to uh, expand your play style from the falconeer where it's aerial vehicular combat you can go right down to the sea with king of seas for naval uh vehicular combat uh boom blaster this is these these are the last ones are from friday uh february 19th boom blaster uh this is a platform combat adventure as they describe it. it's 2d the art style looked actually really cool um, the, it has low reviews, like less than 30 on steam. Uh, it's been out for a while. So it's kind of mixed. Um, it, this will kind of just come to see if it's a good platformer or not. Uh, I do like the art style. So maybe look at boom blaster for, um, uh, some of that. If, if you are craving a, a new platformer, I gotta say real quick, uh, I was looking uh-huh. through with the developer and the publisher for that one. Uh, the publisher is chili dog interactive. Now they have been publishing a lot of stuff recently. They have. I, I have a feeling that these guys are kind of the cookie cutter, uh, kind of rattle like a East Asia soft variety. It looks like, although these games don't seem to be as quick. Uh, I think we're seeing another, you know, easier game 
publisher coming out, it looks like. It's definitely another publisher that's spitting them out. Uh, I yeah. mean, just last week we had Glittering Sword, so same publisher here. Um, and then this game called Catch came out recently. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it does seem like they are getting into that. Pub- like, so it's like Rattalaika, East Asia Soft. Um, it was Zitalon for a little bit, but, you know, it's kind of pushing back. Uh, this Chili Dog Interactive and then Jandu Soft. And sometimes you, it's like they are just porting games as fast as they can, it seems. Um, and so that, that yeah, that is one for sure. They're probably subpar, to be honest, if we're, uh, if we're being real. Uh, the next game coming out is probably the weirdest game that will come out this year, if I had to guess. It is called Puss. And if you happen to uh, look this up, make sure Safe for Work search <laughs> is on. Um, it, as they describe it, it's an insane, absurd, and intense avoid em up game about a cat and i cannot begin to describe the game other than you're kind of going through a maze at some point and at some point it's like a shoot 'em up but you're not shooting you're just trying to stay alive uh, survive uh, and at some point there's a cat on a dolphin and then lots of explosions and lasers i i, I can't really break it down anymore than that that's called puss uh, and, no boots, uh it no seems boots. to be no boots. <laughs> Seems to be getting uh, decent reviews from what I saw. Uh, anyways, Rodent Warriors. So I know what you're thinking. You're getting this. Uh, Rodent <laughs> Warriors is an epic 2D roguelike <laughs> RPG idol game what? about rodents. And uh, wow. I was in until they said idol. Like it, what I was seeing is very, it's like, it's not like pixely, like 16-bit pixelated graphics, but it's like. Uh, I don't know, like devious dungeon type graphics um, in, in a way. Uh, but yeah, you have you idle and you can like, uh, you know, upgrade your your rodents. Uh, I believe the beaver is a wizard. <laughs> and so, yeah, th- this one, if, you, if you're kind of into that, if RPG idle roguelike sounds like up your alley, look into rodent warriors. Uh, and the last one that comes out next week it's called Speed Limit. Uh, and this one looks interesting. It's a nonstop genre warping arcade experience that never slows down. Uh, it has isometric vehicular chase scenes, top-down gameplay chase scenes, I think. Uh, it looked like they were chasing 2D side-scrolling platforming and guns. Um, it, it, it's, it looks interesting, to say the least. Um, I have seen one negative review about it uh, from somebody on twitter but other than that it actually looks like a really interesting game and that was called speed limit is keanu reeves in it uh you know what i thought that they were trying to make a uh what's the game called what's the thing called speed? Is, is it not called speed yes, it's it? actually okay. called speed no it's actually called speed two but <laughs> speed two cruise control we'll just make it up we'll just say cruise control i thought that there's like one section like it looks like you're on more of a subway or train than a bus but maybe who knows Oh, and that was coming really soon. Thank you for listening. Uh, there was one more. Do you have another one? I don't know. You have another one. Do I? I don't think I have another <laughs> one. On the calendar you do, but in the breakdown you don't. Oh, yeah. I uh, I said it to myself as I was before the, the call. I wasn't going to mention it, but I guess since you brought it up, I oh. will. Steven Universe Unleashed the Light is also coming out. Best I can tell, this has been out on phones, and it looks like a phone game. looks turn-based. It's not one that I would probably recommend unless you're a real big Steven Universe fan. Well, I am. Definitely have never heard of it. 
Not a fan. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I quickly looked at some Anodyne 2 videos. And mm-hmm. yeah, you start off in 3D and you wind up going into 2D as well. So it's it's both. It's a 3D game. And then you shrink. It's like bad 3D. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Cone 2 to Cone 1. But I can't decipher from the achievement list if it's going to be a quick completion where you don't have to play the whole game or not. That would kind of be disappointing. For a game like this? I mean, knowing knowing the publishers, you kind of have to assume you won't have to. I, I, I kind of think that that's a requirement. Uh, yeah, the on, on YouTube, there's a full playthrough. That's a seven-hour video. So very curious what they do with that one. Yeah, until we get this, uh, it will be hard to say. But hey, maybe you can review the second one for us. I can't wait. Good. Anodyne. Anodyne 2. You know who can't wait either? Legohead1977. Oh, he is our no. deadly contestant from G-Test this week. That's right. Legohead1977 has bowed out, no longer in it. Uh, and so with that, we move on to period 19. Uh, this period sees the solo bonus as the OG double, where you have to double the TA score earned the last period. And the team bonus is called Game Time, where you have to earn... Uh, 20 achievements from the card and board genre, and every teammate must do that. So maybe they will be playing Magic 2015. Might be able to score some uh, some boosting buddies there. Great. At least with the OG double achievement, it's they have to double the true achievement score, not the true achievement difference at this stage in the game. That would be so insane. But they can just dump a whole bunch of easy games and get whatever TA score they can to to get there if they want to. Yeah, definitely. It can, uh, that can really get up there. I'm just quickly looking, uh, cause we only had that one elimination. We're still tracking, uh, looks like six people on solo side, two teams, uh, and they're all still very much in it, except for Bastion Reader. He better step it up. Of course, he still has five days left. I think he rode really Anyways, close to the line last week, our, too. So that, that might just be the strategy at this yeah, point. Yeah, he, he could be a, he could be a line rider. But uh, good showing, Lego hat. Very good. Yeah, well done. Absolutely. Yeah, making it this far is uh, no easy feat. All right. Gamertag Challenge, Nate. The month is February. The Gamertag Challenge is with the fug. There's no vowels. His wildcard game is Old Man's Journey. Uh, and any achievement or previous completion in Old Man's Journey will give you one bonus draw. The bonus is Xbox Gold, uh, where achievements containing the text OLD, your examples are old, cold, and bold, are all worth one draw per achievement, limit one per game. We're not going to make the same mistake we made last month. <laughs> Saucy wins. I can hear you read the word draw so many times, just over and over. Draw. Draw. Okay, uh, moving on to our last segment, Brag Camp. As always, I'm going to start out with the completions, and this week I have decided to do it a little different. We did not have anybody really hit like right on the nose a 50 or 100 completion, so I picked people who are very close to those kind of uh, numbers. So if you hear your name, I hope you're uh, thinking about what you might unlock for that big, big, big milestone coming up soon. The Alpha Seagull has reached 90 completed games, as well as Hatton, 90. Huh. Uh, so maybe you should stop, Hatton. You are. <laughs> you should be just done. done. You're done. That's it. It's over. Time to make a new tag. tag. <laughs> yeah. Hatton, 100. 
That's right. Uh, X LAX Jester and Chesno both are at 195, so getting close to that 200 mark. Blue Thunder, Elroy's best bud, is at 590 games, so just 10 away from 600. And Wild West 08 is at 690. So uh, you guys be thinking about what you're going to get for those big completion milestones, except for Hatton. You stay right there, bud. For completion percentage, uh, we had some... uh, some big players here. We had Fighter X93 Chip and Johnny Delicious. They both hit 54% recently. Our buddy Freem Hole hit 55%. Saucy Slingo at 61%. Raw Sauce Ross at 73%. And Matrix at 76%. In ratio, we have someone playing difficult games. It's Dan Pacifics with a TA <laughs> ratio of 1.9. In streaks, we have Luke the Duke 268, currently with 100 days. Rossos Ross with 500 days. Prowx with 1,800 days. Matrarch with 2,700. And Mr. Gompers also with 2,700 days. In achievements one, Hatton may have completed 90 games, but he now has 7,500 achievements. Alex RD is up to 8,500 achievements. Chesno. Did he have 95 completions and 95 or 195 and 9,500 achievements? There's some parody there. Survivalist uh, is 15,500 achievements. Icefire TN, 16,500 achievements. We have creature spelled backwards because I'm not going to attempt to pre- pronounce that. Cabo 73 and Quick Don't Die all hit 17,000 achievements. Elroy OMJ. All right, we're past that now. 28,500 achievements. Prue at 29,000 achievements. Railbait at 34,000 achievements won. And Planting 42 at 35,000 achievements won. Moving on to gamer score, Johnny Delicious is up to 75,000 gamer score. Eliphalet 77 hit 400,000. Matthew H. Hoo Hoo, he's got 500,000 gamer score. Red 047 at 650. The thousand gamer score, and uh, the last time I was on, Prue was at nine hundred eighty thousand. He is now up to nine hundred ninety thousand gamer score. So maybe by the next time I'm here, he will be our next millionaire. In TA score, Aftos eighty four has five hundred thousand TA score. Bastian Reader one point one million TA score. Rossos Ross one point two million, and Nate's friend Matism. 1.3 <laughs> million TA score. In everybody's favorite category, leaderboards in alphabetical order, Alex R. Davies is in the top 20,000 of TA, gamer score leaderboard of all of TA, and Alex uh, R. Davies as well is in the top 2,000 of the TA difference leaderboard for Vayners, which of course is the only leaderboard that matters. Bastion Reader's in the top 20 of the USA leaderboard for Schmups. Nice. Top 20 in the USA. Chesno, top 1,000 England TA leaderboard for card and board. Elephalet 77 is in the top 50 of the TA difference leaderboard for Vayners and top 20 overall gamer score leaderboard for Vayners. I forget what game he's working on now. Oh, no, he just did Gato Robata. That's what he was doing. And I believe March is Hollow Knight month. That sound right? You guys going to work on that too? Doubt. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it it's a, time. an achievement or two. <laughs> it's that's time. a hard one, right? Uh, I don't think it's. I mean, I think there's some difficulty, but it's I think mostly it's long. Lengthy. Yeah, exactly. It's a commitment. Mm. We should all be committed for doing this podcast. Hat ninety 
who needs to stop completing games, but is allowed to get sports achievements. Uh, he is in the top 5,000 England TA leaderboard for boxing and top 1,000 England leaderboard for casino. What? Is casino a sport? Why not? Definitely used to see poker on ESPN. Quick Don't Die is in the top 5,000 TA leaderboard for aerial and top 50 TA leaderboard for party. Rossos Ross is in the top 1,000 of the TA difference leaderboard. Simso is in the top 50,000 of the TA difference leaderboard. Sir Polygon is in the top 10,000 of the TA leaderboard. Alpha Siegel is in the top 1,000 of the New York TA leaderboard already? Wow, he just started in the top 1,000. It's going to catch us soon, Michelle. Oh, waka 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 pale is in the top 20 of the TA difference leaderboard for Battle Royale and the top 10 of the TA leaderboard for Battle Royale. And our friend LAX the Jester is in the top 10,000 of the Gamer Scored leaderboard. Want to give a quick shoot out to Freemhole, who reached the big 4 0 on February 4th. Oh, he completed 40 years. He did. He did <laughs> not pull a Freem. <laughs> or did he? That's actually good. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's been, you know, running with the wrong crowd lately, so we're going to have to straighten him up. And he needs to hang out with some cool people like Koosh Moose. And his friend Mattism and Saucy Slinger. I know that guy. Yeah. I know that guy. Yeah. I joined him in party chat the other day to wish Freem a happy birthday. And he met that with a bunch of swear words. Some Something to do with Diablo 3. But I'm sure I exacerbated that. And Tropan, he celebrated his birthday on February 6th. So two birthdays to two prominent Community members, happy birthday, you guys. And that was Brad Camplamation Point. Alrighty, we don't have any uh, community side quest challenge this week, but if you would like to submit a question, just ask us in a way that is uh, applicable to you. Maybe check the show notes. Figure it out. Okay, uh, that's been us for this week. Don't forget Leapfrog is coming up right after this leapfrog talk with the three out of the four winners um so l tag your it to keep this podcast going uh, i want to remind you that you can find us on twitch twitter discord patreon any of those social network places uh we'd love for you to hang out especially on discord that's where the conversation keeps going uh we've had a lot of new joiners recently and uh they're diving in feet first and it's been uh great getting to know them uh, and so, yeah, with that, we will conclude the panel portion of level 133. And... Class dismissed. I had one here. What do you have? An outro? I lost it. I lost it. An outro, an outro, an outro, an intro, an outro, a belly. Is your belly button an intro or an outro? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it is. I'll just have to go with this one. The worst thing about prison was the Dementors. Bye. What? <laughs> hey, old fella. What are you doing here? Uh, oh, excuse me. I-, I didn't mean to trespass. Well, now, wait now. You're not trespassing. There's always room for one more frog in the forest, especially one your size. Hello, this is Special Correspondent Big L from Achievement Hunting 101. 
I've been on assignment all week, uh, preparing, in air quotes, to interview three of the four finalists from Leapfrogs, the true achievements contest in which people are just darn crazy. We have with us the illustrious Mad-Eye Pad-Eye. Say hello. Hello. (laughs) How you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. All right. Would you like me to call you Mad-Eye? Yeah, that's fine. Mad-Eye. Idiot. Paddy. Yeah. All right. I'm not too fussed. All right. Well, we don't want to say what comes after Maddie. Um... We have Mr. Android Imlabibda. Close enough. Yeah. It's, that, how it, do you pronounce it? I pronounce it as Batman. Whoa, that was really fast. Yeah. It's as, as I noticed on the podcast last week, it's Nintendo spelled backwards. It is Nintendo spelled backwards. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I know it took me a long time to figure that one out. I have uh, I've had that handle for ever. It's been like a screen name for mine. I can't even count how many years, but there's only a handful of people that have actually sat there and figured out it's Nintendo spelled backwards. Uh, Don figured it out and felt very proud of myself, so I'll be calling you Android throughout this lovely talk. That works for me. And last but certainly not least, we have the highly talented and beautiful Inigo Montoya 80. Hello, hello. At least, at least you're able to get my name right. Unlike some other folks <laughs> who we will uh, leave um, nameless at this point. Okay, they know who I'm talking about. People get your name wrong. Yes, inconceivable. <laughs> it is not Indigo Toyota. <laughs> uh, the fourth finalist, Black Blood. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He he could not be with us today. So he's still sleeping. We'll be talking about him. <laughs> and if anything really bad is said, just don't tell him <laughs> or do tell him. That's fine. All right. So these three gentlemen uh, were in the leapfrog tournament in which every day the object was to get one more achievement than the previous day. So one achievement the first day, two achievements the second day. Etc. Etc. So, Android, how many achievements did you guys wind up getting? Uh, each one of us, uh, by the end of 130 days, earned 8,515 achievements. Holy cow. So, how many days was that? 130 days. 130 days, right? Yeah. So, you came to a collective decision to, to stop going? Correct. We, uh... I think we all figured our drive was there to get to 150. We all had the, the game capacity to do 150 days. But I know physically I was starting to fall out. <laughs> and a little bit mentally. And I don't know Just how a little long. bit mentally. Yeah. And I wasn't sure entirely how many more days I could go before my wife killed me. So... <laughs> but- I think that was the, uh, the X factor for a lot of us. Um, I know Android and I had a, a, a lot of discussion, you know, leading up to us four talking collectively. And, 
you know, we had discussed our marital situations, you know, with our wives and how they were both very supportive. But, you know, at, at some point you could only go to the to the well and ask for the acceptance so, so long, you know, right. before it's like, okay, enough. To, uh, eventually, I think one of our... Um, and I think Matt and I was in a very similar situation just based off the loose conversations we had before one of our wives just finally said, that's it. it it's done. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is fascinating, uh, not to stereotype, but if you would ask me who's going to go far in this contest, I would have said probably a bachelor, someone who <laughs> lives alone. But here we are with all of you guys having wives and families at home. And so, surprisingly, I'm all impressed. four of us have jobs. <laughs> Full-time yeah. jobs and, at that. And, and yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that would have also been another stereotype, I think, as well as the unemployed person. or well, You need uh, right some sort of, of bank to, to buy games for this thing, huh? That is a true point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know that uh, in reading some of the forums, initially, everyone's like, oh, the people who are going to succeed the hardest are going to be the ones that don't have to you know, go into work all day. But uh, we we definitely had to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was fortunate to be working from home for probably half of the competition and sort of only having to go in every now and again to my work. Because here in the UK, it's at the moment, it's trying to, stay at home if you can stay at home and only socializing with people if you need to because obviously with the whole covid situation that's going on at the moment so a lot of it was games that i could play while working mm-hmm. uh, yes the recent events have definitely uh it's been terrible but for people's gaming <laughs> it's been pretty good yeah. Imagine if we had no, uh, if we were in 1918, we wouldn't have such luxuries. <laughs> <laughs> but we have games, games, and more games. I know that. All right. Well, I know that the COVID situation was the main reason I thought that this was going to be my real, like, one shot at. Because, like Matt, I said, I got to, I got to work from home for this. Uh, so I was able to, you know, wake up early, get some gaming done, immediately flop over to work. And as soon as I was done, get back to gaming. No driving involved. Yeah, I was actually just going to say something very similar. Um, the the lack of commute time, you know, when you factor in, when you take that out of your normal day, you're basically adding two two hours into, you know, in and around there. Yeah. Of extra time that you wouldn't normally have. It was also handy times where I would have my lunch break and it wasn't a lunch break. It was a quick half an hour, 45 minutes, and get 10, 15 achievements, and then get back to work break. Yep, right. Wow. Well, hopefully people get those commutes back so they can uh, listen to the podcast. <laughs> so uh, there are some community questions that I have for you guys and some staff questions as well. Ooh. I know that you guys had uh, an article written up on TA about you guys. I did not read it because I did not. I just wanted to have surprise answers for myself. Fair enough. So forgive me if there's any questions that were already asked on there. There probably will be. So keeping that in mind, um, 
staff member Matriarch, a.k.a. Michelle, asked a question or four. <laughs> uh, let's start with, at what point did you decide you were making a serious push? We'll start with Mad-Eye. That's quite hard because I don't really... I never really thought about making a push as such. I play a lot of games because I, I, I dive a game every day. So my catalog's quite big for what I've actually played compared to what I've completed. So I just sort of would wake up and sort of play. I needed to score, so that was my main reason to actually do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> uh, so I kind of... Maybe when it got down to about 25 people, I started looking and thinking, maybe I've got enough games to play, achievements to get, that I could make a push, as you put it. But I never really sort of... There was never one moment where I went, ah, do you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna go for first. Interesting. All right. And you go? It was... Uh, in fact, I think back on this, I was in a party with you and Michelle... <laughs> One night, it was early on in Leapfrog, and you guys, Michelle had asked me that question, and at that time, I said my goal was to get to day 80, which was my initial goal, and then when I got into around day 80, and kind of looking at the lay of, lay of the land, so to say, realizing how many people were left, I thought, okay, I, I think I can make a push for this. Um, obviously, early on in the competition, I saved certain stuff for the the back end uh the stretch so to say uh for that exact reason and it was right around day 80 i had the the conversation with with the missus and said you know this is what it's going to take this is how much time it's going to take and and uh you know and take it from there so it was pretty pretty deep into the competition when i made that decision <laughs> all right android uh i'm actually a little bit different from that. I when I saw the competition load up, I I personally was like, I'm going to go and be number one. I walked into it planning to be number one. And my even my friends who are all avid gamers, they they asked me, oh, Are you shooting for day twenty? Are you looking to be in the top two hundred? I said, <laughs> No, man, you you shoot for the top. You you aim for number one. It's number one or bust. And I never let go of that that goal from the beginning. So I I've been I was pushing from day one, and I uh, right. I remember in the beginning I saw a couple of people who were doing a lot of easy games like in the first ten days, and I was like, well, you guys are gonna burn out real quick. Yeah, and most people did. I believe there was a badge for getting through the first, first few days and t ten days. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's when um, I think we we saw the biggest spike. They just did a little stats analysis on that, and I think almost half the competition was out by day ten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of my friends just get the badge pretty much on any TA competition. The badge is the thing they want. They don't really they don't see themselves as someone that wants to to be competitive or go for that top spot or compete. So I understand why a lot of people bow out as soon as they get the badge. That's what I'm going to do with war boats. I'm trying to hit that boat and I'm stopping. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was uh, an actual prize at stake, right? Um, 
Rich from TA offered up, I believe, one month for every day that to to the winner. So, for yeah. example, if the winner had gone 130 days, <laughs> it would be 130 months of TA Pro, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is correct. And I, I so there was a it was more than bragging rights, at least. There was, and I, I don't think we explicitly had this conversation amongst ourselves, but I, I at least was under the distinct impression that really none of us four honestly cared about the TA Pro. <laughs> it was a nice little cherry on top, but I was mm-hmm. under the impression, uh, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but that's that's the feeling that I got after talking with these guys that none of us really could were thinking about that. <laughs> no, I was sitting on two years of TA pro anyway so it wasn't it wasn't like i was thinking oh yeah i really want that 11 years no <laughs> no <laughs> and i just i just re-upped during during the sale that rich had you know at the end of the year you know i bought the three years so i, I was good to go for some time myself <laughs> yeah i was kind of in the same boat I, the competition's prize of of one month for every day still in it was icing but honestly i just wanted to make sure that I was all about making sure that my name was recognized on the site. I like, I don't have a lost spotlight to my name. So it was like, look at me. I did that. (laughs) Well, I'll be honest. I did not know you. And now I do. So thank you for leapfrog for that. (laughs) You guys have all come into the community also and been chatting in our, in our discord. So that's been awesome. Uh, I have an, a random question. What was the cutoff time every night? It was uh, 9 a.m. for me. Oof. <laughs> Mine was uh, 4, 4 a.m. was for me. Okay. All right. So I was going to ask if uh, if Matt I had a, a slight edge there, but I guess either way, he would probably be going to sleep before. Worrying about that. Yeah, well, I don't know. You'd if be waking it, up at eight in the morning to pop. Yeah, I don't know if it was a, an edge of any sort because, I mean, the only edge I had was I was already an hour into my working day before cough finished. So the first hour, I could just as long as I'd got the previous day's achievements, I could actually fully commit to an hour's worth of work, not thinking about anything other than achievements. Yeah, my cutoff time was uh, 3 in the morning. It was 4 in the morning before Daylight Savings, and then it was 3 in the morning. Which, the 4, right. the four so in the morning was a lot time. easier to work with. <laughs> yeah, it, it provided that extra buffer, because that's what I... I was using that... You know, really, there's not... At least, looking on the surface, there's not really an edge like Matt I said, because his cutoff time was 9 a.m. if he was wrapped up. You know, his day starts basically when his actual day starts. So he has a full cycle of time when his workday is over. Whereas Android and I are a little bit different. We could sacrifice a little bit of sleep on the back end uh, as a buffer, basically. If we were kind of falling behind, you could just push that extra hour and say, okay, I could stay up just a little bit later, get these couple in, and and still be good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Michelle also asks if there were any scares or close calls throughout the competition. Uh, we'll start with Mad-Eye. 
I, I mean, I, I don't call it a scare, but I did forget to get all my achievements one night. I thought I had, and literally, I, I've got a, a close sort of like net of a couple of friends that were looking at games and telling me stuff throughout the competition just because they know how competitive I am in general. And um, I've been in a party with them. I'd uh, got my achievements also, I thought. Went downstairs. It was about half ten at night for me. So got into bed and was watching TV with my wife, winding down before going to sleep. And I get a, a random Discord message from a friend saying, you do understand you've only got 60 achievements. You need 61, you idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I, c I could have gone to sleep get got up quickly ran upstairs and got the achievement in the morning but i just turned around to my wife and says i'll be back in 10 minutes went upstairs and got my <laughs> achievement and then came back to bed um so that was the only time i mean i the closest i was ever to cut off was probably two and a half hours but that was through my own fault of basically playing longer games rather than playing quicker quicker games it was through choice rather than actually ever being like oh my god i need 10 achievements in the last hour what am i going to do kind of thing i was always positive with uh and knew when i was going to kind of finish so your friend kept you in an extra 70 days yeah basically my wife blames my friend thor for keeping me in that competition <laughs> so but his his uh, name is dirt in my house no more no christmas no, cards <laughs> no more no no more um no more. no more friendly christmas cards to uh thor no and it make it makes it even better because my wife physically knows him as well so it's 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 not it's not like a virtual friend even though we met virtually um but we he, he he's someone that my wife physically knows and is like no he, he's not allowed in my house now <laughs> yeah she's gonna she's gonna be like in 10 years she'll be like uh, social distancing <laughs> uh what about you android any scares or close calls uh a lot of the close calls happened by design i spent a lot of time trying to play it as close to the wires i could again i didn't want to use all the easy games uh when i didn't have to those were kind of emergencies and but my biggest, uh, my biggest scare was literally when I got knocked out of the competition in week 72 because I, uh, I and eight other people, we got, I had 15 achievements left at like one o'clock in the morning and I, I timed it out. I realized I got scanned in like every half an hour because of pro. So I was like, great, I, I'll earn the last 15 achievements. I'll go to bed. It'll be 1.30 in the morning. My clock-in time is at 3. It's fine. But what I was not anticipating was TA was doing scanner updates and repairs that night. And this, the scanners were doing their updates and maintenance, and they started at 1.28 before my 15 achievements got in. So I wound up sitting there watching the clock until three in the morning, just watching the clock countdown to find out me and eight other people who had all done, or me and seven other people, there were eight of us, 
all had the same situation where we had all clocked in all of our achievements an hour early, but because of the scanners, we never got scanned in until about half an hour after the cutoff time. So we, uh, we, we called out that it was unfair and on like, I said, you know, if my Xbox, <laughs> if my Xbox had screwed up, if my internet went out, if Microsoft was having a bad day, which it's Microsoft, so of course they would. I was like, I can accept that. I wouldn't be happy about it, but I could accept that. But this is a TA site event, and TA just screwed me up. I I can't. Please let me back in. Please let all of us back in. And. We all got back in, but there was a caveat with the fact that any achievements that any of us earned before we got brought back into the competition didn't count because of the way that the the system is set up for the competition. So I actually wound up losing out on 13 achievements earlier in the day that I had earned. Oh, no. In uh, D4. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn. So actually... Even though collectively we each earned uh, 8,515, I actually earned 8,528, but 13 of them didn't count. <laughs> so I got back in during week 72 after I had been unceremoniously dropped because of server updates. <laughs> All right. That's a cool story, though. God, I'm so glad I got back in. <laughs> Are you yeah, really? When that, <laughs> when that forum what? post happened, I don't really talk in forums very often because, I mean, I'm not a massive, massively big talker, um, except for when I'm in parties. Um, I was devastated for you guys. I didn't know any of the eight personally, but I just felt really bad for you guys. So, I mean, I'm really glad that you came back in. I mean. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. It, it was it was just it was the worst feeling, and I know that a lot of the competitors who were still in it, there was there was nothing but an outcry of support. Like I would, I'm used to the internet being a cold, dark, cynical place. So when I saw that much many people going, oh god, these guys deserve to be back in. That's so unfair. Please consider letting them back in. I was I was shocked and a little bit humbled at the fact that there were that many people that were like, yes. They do deserve it, so I was happy about that. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I'm kind of like with Matt. I I'm not big on the forums, and I felt bad for these guys. And I would I actually went in that day too to try to at least just try to keep everybody a little bit on the calmer side, offering, "Hey, just continue business as usual," you know, and this will kind of get sorted out. Um, right. That's what I was at least trying to offer that that. Uh, little bit of guidance for for those that were affected by it because it was a really awful scenario to watch unfold it really was <laughs> but rich runs a pretty tight ship too so you know i i've i felt that um you know it would get corrected very quickly yeah i'm i'm pleased that it was obviously but yeah i did notice uh a lot of camaraderie in this competition, which was nice to see, but kind of boring as an outsider. I want to see some trash talking. 
I mean, you going down, sucker? We we could still make that happen, you know. It's yeah, yeah. You know, now that we get all the the brunt behind us. Abba, <laughs> <laughs> were there any scares for you, real quick, Inigo? Uh, really, honestly, uh, nothing that wasn't self-inflicted. Like Matt, I had said earlier, just kind of sticking with a longer game on the weekends, staying up later than usual on the weekends to kind of help preserve some of the easier stuff for the work weeks um but almost all self-inflicted really uh i did i guess moderately have a little bit of a scare on of all days december 26th i did wake up and had no power in my home (laughs) that morning and uh, we did have an individual uh in the competition late after day 100 that um ended up getting eliminated because he lost power with i think what four hours left before cutoff. Yeah. And he was scrambling, trying to use his laptop. Laptop died on him and he ended up falling. I think like 15 achievements short from staying in around there. I don't know the precise number. And that's all I thought of when I woke up on the 26 was, wow, no power this morning. It's going to be a interesting day to say the least. (laughs) Santa didn't bring you a surge protector or anything like that. <laughs> I do have a generator. <laughs> and trust me, uh, the contingency plan was about to start to go into place. <laughs> Out, outside yeah, of my generator to... and laptop. <laughs> I learned how to tether from my phone when that incident happened. Just just in case I'll drop Wi-Fi <laughs> or anything like that. I was, I was, like, mm, it's something that I need to know about. I've heard I about did... it, but... I did spend an entire weekend, I think around day, it was in the 60 range, something like that, maybe 50. I was tethered to my phone all weekend because I had no internet. Uh, (laughs) In the Discord, we sometimes uh, call that toilet Minecraft. (laughs) 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 When when you get those last minute uh, Minecraft uh, points from at work for G-Task or something like that. Yeah. You'd be doing a lot of toilet Minecraft. <laughs> and we, we had, and uh, having a personal conversation with Android, we, you know, we both had our list of, and ironically, we called it the same title in case of emergency break glass list of games um, yep. <laughs> that we both, and I think our list was probably almost identical. <laughs> I think it was. Like, I, think it I, was. I remember when you shared your list, I was like, oh, yeah, it's virtually everything on my list. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so insane! You guys like teaming up and stuff. It's, it's yeah. Oh. I got left out because <laughs> I had no list. <laughs> <laughs> My list basically was well, uh, should have been in the very, Discord. Very short. Uh, yeah. I do. From what I've talked briefly with Anigo, I know he was. You guys were keeping track of the other people's like which zero to one hour games they still hadn't played. Yeah, did you all do that. I, I know I did, uh, and it was chiefly because I wanted to, at a certain point, I started wondering how much longer this could go on. So I was like, okay, who has anything left? Oh, geez, we all do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, and I'm going to actually kind of, you know, just speak a little bit for Black Blood here. Um, he did share with us that um, he wasn't necessarily... I think him and Matt and I were in the same boat. They weren't necessarily looking at what everybody else had. They were more focused on what they were doing. Because uh, when I shared my my opposition research with with the group, he he made a comment. He said somebody's been spying. 
All right. I kept hoping <laughs> that, like, <laughs> that eventually it was going to be like, okay, all right, everyone's run out. It's just going to be me. And then I can sleep. <laughs> <sighs> if only it was that simple, right? If only. Well, here, here's a little tidbit for for everybody in the group here. Um, speaking of, like, the opposition research, I just happened to kind of glance over the TA Pro Discord, and they were talking about, uh, apparently, Leapfrog over on True Trophies is on day 139. Oh, God. Yeah, so... Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> It's called Vita, though, isn't it? For yeah, trophies. yeah, they've got so many stacks of games. That's what Shadow had mentioned in, oh. a, in a comment. He had said that apparently PlayStation is a lot more friendly with the easier stuff, uh, so it's think... weighted a little bit oh. differently. I think each I rather like a game alone has like six stacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, not taking anything against the, the, the PlayStation uh. crowd. It's just they've got the same game many times. Yeah. Doesn't sound fun. They do, yeah. No, there's only so much more pixel I can take at this point. <laughs> I think I've had my full exactly. for a month. <laughs> All right. Uh, we opened up some questions to our patrons as well. Uh, you guys probably know Chewy on Ice from TA. He asks the obvious question, if another leapfrog happens in the near future, will you guys be jumping back on the horse or I guess leaping over it again? No. Uh, we'll start with an ego this time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just jumping in. No, no chance. I, I won't have a wife. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, I'm going to join the I'm in it for the badge crowd at that point. <laughs> that, that, that's it. Uh, maybe, maybe the 10 days and might even be lucky if I grab that badge at that point because... Uh, since the leapfrog has ended, I think I've maybe earned a handful of achievements, <laughs> if if that. <laughs> uh, if if the format changes, I'd be all for it. But I I can't do another one like this. One I've I like uh, Matt. I said my wife would leave me, but also also I don't know how much uh, like I did this now. Because, as the aforementioned, working from home because of COVID, I don't think I'm going to get that lucky again. <laughs> well, you've also exhausted a ton of easy games, right? <sighs> yes. It's always I mean, more another easy 10 come games. out every day, but still. There's always another, yeah. yeah always I, I, I guarantee you, just based off of, you know, uh, our intelligence, you know, what we put together here, <laughs> uh, we, we all had more than enough bullets to keep loading that gun up <laughs> and we but, have plenty more if we wanted to make another run but i'm with the other guys too i on a personal level wouldn't do that to my wife let alone i just you know what that that was it <laughs> i'll support anybody if they need some help and guidance for their right. run <laughs> i'll provide some input <laughs> so in in short i think we would all join for the badge yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a good answer. Let some other people yep. <laughs> go crazy. Um, going back to what Inigo just said about only getting a handful of achievements since, uh, Jay Black asked, now that it's over, are you taking a break from gaming or achievement hunting? And if not, are there any games that you put off playing that you are now going to jump into? Uh, we'll start with Mad-Eye. Uh, I haven't obviously been heavily scoring 
Um, I've still got my brand new game a day every day since Leapfrog finished. Um, and I haven't started any games that I wanted to. <laughs> it's still all trash. <laughs> um, but I do plan on playing <laughs> Phoenix Rising. It's I, I, it's because I just don't want to get into a game and play it because I've been playing solid for three months pretty much and I, I just didn't fancy playing a game that I knew I was going to have to put 40 or 50 hours into yet I wanted to maybe play an hour half an hour here I've got loads of gems of war to catch up with as well so <laughs> I've been playing I've been playing that and I'm nowhere near any new achievements in that one I don't know how you people have time for gems of war on top of everything else <laughs> 10, 15 Are you in bursts. the same um, guild as Michelle? Uh, I am, yes. Okay. Yeah, um, she plays that game like five hours a day, and I'm like, she's like, eh. I'd, I'd, but she I'd, seems to still enjoy it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Do it because uh, you feel you have to? No, no. It's it's one of those games that I I actually do, when I say I hate it I enjoy it for brief there's sort of like moments in the month where I actually really enjoy sitting there matching some gems up doing a bit of strategy especially when Guild Wars is on if anybody has ever played Gems of War it's a a, a time of once a month that you physically battle other guilds so that, that's the strategic part I really enjoy. But the grind in it, it's just grind after grind after grind. And that's the bit I don't enjoy. But you need and to be in a guild. And they keep adding new ones. Yeah, but you need to be in a guild to be able to do any of this stuff, really. To be able to get the resources. So, if you don't grind, you're not in a guild anymore. And if you're not in a guild anymore, there's no grind. <laughs> so, it's kind of like <laughs> a big circle, constantly. Um but before Leapfrog, I had probably about 8 or 10 million gold, as you, they call it, in Gems of War stored. So I was able to sort of put my resources in every week into the guild through backburning what I'd stocked up. But I ran out of stocks. <laughs> and I basically said to my uh, the, the GM of the Guild Wars, oh, I can't do this anymore. I can't play and do Leapfrog and I'm really sorry, Leak Frog comes first. <laughs> but then, then we stopped. Uh. So the guild's back. I uh, I also play an avid amount of G- Gems of War, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh my goodness. There's also Gears Pop on yeah, top of that. I always call that game yeah. video game crack. So are there any games that you look forward to getting back into android and did you stop gaming for a few days after or you just kept on plowing through uh so in first off i i put all of the neo geo games i downloaded in a bin and i said later but (laughs) (laughs) but um so bad i i haven't stopped gaming uh after the the leapfrog competition got done half because I am a gamer, but also because on TA I have a achievement streak of uh, 2,381 days, so didn't want to lose that achievement streak. Uh, but also, also the uh, I've been playing a lot, lot less due to having to make up a 
my wife made a list of things I have to make up for in the amount of time I spent gaming. What I am excited to get back to, though, and from the moment I got off a of Leapfrog, and you can see it in the one achievement I've earned a day since, I've played mm-hmm. a lot of Smite lately. Oh, I'm Whoa. so happy to be back to Smite. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. I, I haven't... I'm not, uh, I'm not grand at it, because I can only play like after work, and even then it's in small bursts. So I play a lot of Arena, but I haven't played Smite in four months. So to get back into it, and with the new season having been uh, released for Smite on Tuesday, basically getting to start fresh, it's, it's a good time. <laughs> all right, so you're all into those FTP games, huh? My genre unfortunate for this entire competition is normally strategy and RPGs. So that is none of the games I could play during Leapfrog because they are all 800 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, Inigo. Uh, Yeah, since it ended, I really haven't played much of anything. (laughs) Uh, Just kind of cold turkey. You know, I know Android, Mad-Eye, and Blackblood all, actually all had extensive streaks going on TA. I was the low man on the totem pole at that one, uh, with my streak ending at 147 days uh, <laughs> when Leapfrog was over. <laughs> um, I took a concerted effort to actually just stop it and step away for a little while. Um, I took some time uh, kind of returning, uh, you know, a walk, walk appeal, Um had helped out Android and myself during Leapfrog, and I had promised in turn I would help him complete How to Survive. You know, so it took a little bit of time um, cashing in some some favors for some folks, <laughs> uh, if you will, um, returning them. And just now, just uh, kind of on cruise control and and step back. And like Android had said, his, his genre is RPG-type stuff. I actually benefited a little bit through Leapfrog because racing is my preferred genre and racing games tend to come with a good bit of front load and a lot of games, especially milestone games, uh, tend to have a lot of very quick achievements early on in their games. So being kind of in that genre and I look forward to getting back to some of these racing games that I've been missing out on. Ah, interesting. We'll segue that one into a question Retro Chief asked. Uh, Is there any game they only got the quick achievements in that they'll be going back to for the completion uh, because of enjoyment and not because they are a completionist? Slight smile emoji. (laughs) I know Inigo's answer. I'll go with him first. Um, actually one of them that I played that, that I, I, I did, I was kind of surprised with cause it's not normally my genre was iron cryptical. Um, I was enjoying that game when I played it. It did have some front load to it and I'm actually kind of excited to go back to it. Um, again, it's outside of my wheelhouse, not a genre I would typically play, but, um, it is definitely something I thoroughly enjoyed and also um we're going to direct this one at retro <laughs> i am going to finish up uh connect nat geo <laughs> not for enjoyment oh, purposes gosh. <laughs> but uh retro was um 
he's a he's a good fella um, for sure. In fact, he let me borrow a stack of games um, for the competition because if anybody's looked at 360 titles on eBay or Amazon here lately, uh, they're starting to become a little pricey. Yeah, no, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, and Retro, you know, was very kind to open up his entire collection and uh, let me borrow a handful of 360 titles that would benefit me. Uh, Android? Um, Any games where you got the beginning achievements and you said, I'll come back to this later? Uh, there were there were a couple games I know that I got the early achievements for. Uh, Skyfall. Was it Skyfall? Sky Hill. That was one. Uh, I like that kind of uh, strategy type of um, resource management game. And I had a blast playing it. And I got, I think, 80% of the achievements. And was like, all right, I'll come back to you. Um, and weird though it may be, a lot of the like visual novel games that you could power through in about five minutes, I didn't read anything that was happening in those. So even though I got all the achievements and there's, they are literally five minute long completions, I kind of want to know what I was playing. So I'll probably go through and like power through the three hours worth of visual novel to just figure out. I mean, someone made the story. I kind of want to know what happened. <laughs> So, uh, no, you don't. I, I do, though. <laughs> yeah, there's the one with like the, the dogs. No. As a, as a guy who played How to Boyfriend, I, I'm fine. <laughs> that sounds better than most of them. I mean, it was a visual novel about uh, everyone is some avian bird, and that's kind of oxymoronic, but uh, some avian and they're all doing all the tropes, so you could date a pigeon. I have no what, words for that. That's the whole what, what premise. Are, what, what are we playing at this point? <laughs> right. What are we subjecting ourselves to? Like, you get to a point where you're like, I really want to know what it is I just played. Clearly there's doggos all over the screen. I don't know why. Someone's a spy. Someone's a hologram. What's happening in the story? So, even though I beat the game, I kind of just want to go through it just once to, to figure out what it is I subjected my gamer card to. So Matt, I, were there any games that you started to get the beginning achievements of that you uh, will be going back to, to try to complete it? Uh, there's uh, two of note. One, I got a preview code of, and it was Tyrannus. And I was gutted because I played through the whole game, got, I think it was 42 out of the 44 achievements out of it. And the uh, there's, there's two endings to the game. And I did the whole get the achievement, quit out, dashboard, reload my save, and was able to get the second one. But the second one was broken. What and game was that? I let it play all the way uh, to Runus. It's been out on Steam for probably three years. Okay, um, and it came out uh, 
two weeks ago, I think, or a week ago. I've had it for like three or four weeks, so I, I don't know the actual release date. Um, and when I dashboarded and came back in, my save had gone. So I had to replay the whole game again to get that achievement. And in the middle of Leapfrog, I could not commit five hours to get one achievement. So I said, oh, I'll play that when it gets done. And hopefully I'll uh, get first place. But no, I missed out on that because on the 129th day, it got released to the general public. And um, someone else finished it before I did. I was I was a little gutted. So I will go back to that one just because I've got, I think, two achievements left in it to get. Uh, and there's a game called Freedom Finger, which Ooh, is I love uh, that game. a <laughs> shmup. And um, I've, I think I've got two or three achievements left in that. But they're what I would class as the harder ones with a no death runs on it on a couple of levels and uh, again I wasn't even though it might only take 20-30 minutes I wasn't really prepared to spend that amount of time while leapfrogging to get one achievement even though it would be well well earned so they're the two from the games I've played through leapfrog that I want to go back to and finish but there's quite a few if I'm honest lots of ACA games <laughs> Ah, if ACA would just come out with some fighting games. So, <laughs> uh, Jay Bowles also asked, uh, did you make any deals with your family to let you compete as much as you did? I.e., if you let me slack on my chores, I'll do yours when this is all over. <laughs> uh, we'll start with Android. Uh, my... So I had to... My wife has been very supportive of me in this solo competition. God bless her. But as we got into the later stages, especially into January, she started, let's say, being less uh, responsive to my staying up until all hours of the night and then getting up at the crack of dawn, before the crack of dawn. So the deal that I made her was, I need you to make a list. Just a list of all the things that I need to make up to you because when this is all over, we're going to go through that list from top to bottom and I will make it up to you. Just, just bear with me until this is over. And that's kind of where I am now. Like the, the past couple of uh, days, at least for the past week has been kind of cleaning up our living space and, making sure all of our finances are in order because we're, we wanted to go house hunting at a certain point this year. So there's a whole lot that I'm now making up for. That was the deal. Uh, the rest of my family, not so much. I, I live an hour away from them, so I can just kind of make it up. But my wife had to make a deal. So Hey, till death to us part, baby. She's has no right to get mad at you for anything. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Amigo. <laughs> uh, actually, there was, on our end, there was no deal made. Um, honestly, it's 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 kind of strange, like, at least in our house, uh, we don't necessarily have, I guess, assigned responsibilities. Uh, my wife and I have always just, Hey, if something needs to be done and 
you know, we just kind of, that's how we've always operated. If we see something needs to be done, we just, the first person that sees it usually does it. Um, now, granted, she took on a little bit more of that responsibility, but there was no real deal on the back end, you know, so to say, when I was done. There was a few things that cropped up, you know, uh, bigger projects that I would probably be working on. You know, let's go ahead and get these nipped in the bud. Get the garage straightened out finally. <laughs> it's a little project I've been working on for a year. <laughs> Tight deals, but uh, no. Oh, yeah. Nothing to that effect. <laughs> I also, you know, just a little bit more insight. Um, you know, my wife was actually in between jobs through the early part of December until just a week and a half ago. So she was at home a little bit more than usual. So... Um, that kind of helped out a lot. She was able to kind of take on those extra responsibilities. Mr. Mad-Eye, did you play Let's Make a Deal with the Mrs.? Uh, n- there was no deals. <laughs> the only thing is the way me and my wife have operated pretty much since the, the day we got together is I do the majority of the cooking. And it's not that my wife can't cook. It's just I enjoy cooking. Good um, man. And I hate cleaning. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I'll cook, and you can do the majority of the cleaning. But obviously, with Leapfrog, I did not do the majority of the cooking. <laughs> so I basically have uh, basically have said since we've got out of it that I will continue to just cook. Um, so that's probably the only deal. The main deal was with my little girl. And even though there was no set like, I'm going to do this once Leapfrog's over, I just said to her, look, me and you are going to do some stuff that we've not been able to do, like go in the garden as much, because she loves going on a slide and she's got a trampoline in her garden. Obviously, the weather in England at the moment is not the best, but um, we're trying to do stuff. But her idea of fun with me is coming up into my games room. She loves it. So... It was, even though I've said that we'll go do stuff outside, she wants to just come up and sit with me. She helps me pick games to play Aww. sometimes. One of the games that I played for Elite Frog was Paw Patrol, and she <laughs> sat there with a second controller pretending to play Paw Patrol with me. So, yeah, there's no deals. Just more, more love and affection, I think. All right. Uh, Chewy on Ice asks, if the four of you uh, decide to form a G-Task team next year, is there any point in anyone else signing up? <laughs> <laughs> that actually that actually came up in our conversations <laughs> oh, during yeah? the during the course of the week leading up to all of us uh, collectively coming to the mutual end. My uh, my wife actually brought up. She said, "Hey, at the very least, you know three other people to form a four-man GTAC team. And I was like, wow. huh. I guess I do now, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and um, as far as anybody else signing up, um, you know, I think, you know, in our discussions, it's, it's kind of funny because I personally stumbled on some statistics that I think are kind of interesting, and especially from a G, uh, G-Task standpoint. Um, that I pointed out to to Mad Eye, and I I think that we may have found uh you know obviously we're four very 
hard-headed individuals. Uh, we all are, have a, an incredible drive, and none of us are ones that are just going to raise the white flag ever um, in, I think, anything that we do. Um, except for my individual G-Task run this week. Uh, so that, that'll be another story for another time. <laughs> but with that being said, <laughs> I, I do encourage other people to join, but we're not responsible um, if we make a deep run and make anybody feel bad. There's a little bit of trash talking, L. <laughs> Everybody's been put on notice, okay? Oh, it's been amazing. <laughs> it's funny you uh, said that about the individual G-Task, because I got, after I posted up on... Uh, ta my status update that you know leapfrogs open over here's how uh the statistics ran out someone said are you gonna try to win gtask now and i was like oh right i'm still in that <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> i had my gtask team said uh go ahead and and you know try try to make it a two for this year and i said uh you know the the break uh i think i'm gonna let the gtask go uh quietly so um but as far as the team goes, I, I honestly think um, all all four of us have clicked very well. I, I feel I, I think all of us are very are more similar than we are different, <laughs> and I think it would make for a very interesting team to say the least. <laughs> and I think that we could actually uh, turn some heads if, if, if we did that. All righty, uh, Carpe Adam. Yeah, and I loved the G task. <laughs> what, what's that, Matt? I? I said I love the G task. Well, I, I, I've um, I, I don't want to toot my own horn. Um, I've uh, been part of two teams that have won the G task. Yeah, two to all, two to way. So I know what it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I won it back to back. Wow. With uh, two of my two of my friends, three man team. Um, consisting of myself, Mephisto for the win, who ironically was third in the first Leapfrog with uh, Irish Warrior and Emerald Axa. So he gave me some tips in the uh, old Leapfrog and uh, Rogue 1992. So we won it, I think it was 2015. Yeah, it was 2015. And then, yeah, and then um, we basically we're fighting against uh, Redemption and his team and the following year we decided that it would uh, be fun to get Redemption on our team so we brought uh -huh. Redemption into the G-Task and um, everybody just remembers Redemption demolishing everybody because it was basically a Redemption year Redemption kills it every year anyway um, but it made our second year in the G-Task uh, extremely easy without sounding overly big-headed by the second day of the final week i didn't score anything except for my dive just because redemption smashed like a hundred thousand ta in like two days and it was like it's over and done with <laughs> um because the, the 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 second team that was uh who came second was actually my brother and his oh. teammates and they they already knew what they'd got and redemption scored more than they had as a team i had forgotten that you're one of the uh the few that starts a new game every day on their tag how many days are you up to yeah. you know 
Of course you know. It will <laughs> be it will be um it will be eight years next month. Wow. Uh it's is something I'll have to bring T up it'll be it's like two thousand and five hundred consecutive games that I've played. Um, it is something stupid, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> Can't stop now. Which is one of the reasons why Leapfrog, I wouldn't say, is uh, was easy because it was never easy. But it it was uh, I could basically just start a game that I'd only got one achievement in, play for half an hour, and probably pop eight eight or nine achievements in half an hour, forty five minutes, and then move on to the next one. So you, I did think you, one. You still have access yeah, to I all those one games. One day that I was gonna. Yeah, they're all oh, mine. Wow. I've. Other than obviously games with gold games and free to play games, because I take obviously advantage of free to play games. Um, I normally I'm not one of those people that buy the games as soon as they come out because obviously I spend a lot of money on it, which is one of the reasons why in the forums people are like, "You've spent loads of money in Le- Leapfrog," and I'm like, "No." I've spent what I'd normally spend. <laughs> yep. I haven't actually overspent. I've underspent, if anything, because the games are gold. Um, game was, Pass. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah. That one. Games gold, Game that Pass. Uh, game Pass PC. Uh, I've got every single ACA game on PC and Xbox. Um, and I've only probably dived about 40 of each of them. Wow. Because I know some people doing what you do would buy, a, say, a Japanese game and then they would pop an achievement and then they would immediately sell it back and get their money back. I've never sold a game. <laughs> I've, I've probably got um, physically about 2,000, 2,500, 360 games on disc. I'm uh, I'm right there with Along you. Along with my Xbox games, I'm right there with you, Matt. I like I don't, I can't think of a single game I've actually sold. Everything in my collection is is mine, and I I own that. So yeah, my brother is probably the luckiest gamer in the world because obviously <laughs> with Xbox you can home share. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they brought out for families. And ironically, I'm, I actually am one of those people that share it with a family member. And he does buy a couple of games. I'm not going to say he doesn't. And there are some games that he will buy knowing that I will just play them once. Um, but he's he's got a stupid catalogue just because I don't buy anything physical on the Xbox One anymore. I buy it all digitally. Yep. Um, all right, no. just wanted to ask. Oh, oh, ahead, I'm yeah. the outlier from from these two guys. I I don't generally hang on to my games when I'm done with them. Uh, the physical ones, uh, if I've completed them and don't have much of an interest to ever go back to them, I usually will get rid of them. But and also to piggyback on you know a little bit of what Mad Eye said, a lot of people think it it took loads of money you know to stay in this. It really honestly took some creativity and a good support system. Like I had said earlier, you know, Retro Chief lives, uh, I think, roughly about an hour to an hour and a half from where I live. He has a massive collection, and he was more than willing to say, hey, whatever you need. He even kept sending me messages asking if I needed anything. Um, you know, so you really, it's just being creative, and that's what it all boiled down to is somewhat good management skills on all of our parts on what use what we have available to us 
to our advantage and you know a, a great community helping out redemption who was mentioned earlier he when i had asked you know for some suggestions i think he uh flooded the discord with uh somewhere near about 150 suggestions uh which was amazing you know uh games that he's played and had experience with and was able to to help us i'll just piggyback on what was being said then a lot of the games you didn't actually have to play quick games to get quick achievements there were some games that were heavily you could get 10 maybe 15 achievements in 45 minutes to an hour rather than looking at those hour game completions mm-hmm. as well so like front loaded heavily they were the interesting ones that were unfortunately not on uh, android's radar for his for uh, grand majority of it i was collection. not uh, aware of how like i had a system and it worked but it didn't take into account the games that were like 80 hour games that you can get like half of them in the first hour didn't even didn't even cross my radar <laughs> Oh, and it's uh, 2,897 days that I've dived a new game. That's not including today because I haven't got my dive yet. That's impressive. That is very impressive. All right, so we'll do some a couple more rapid-fire ones real quick. Sure. Uh, Carpe Adam 79 asked, Did the competition completely take over your gaming time and take the fun out of it, or did the challenge of it all actually enhance your gaming experience? Uh, we'll go with Inigo first. I'd say, oddly, it's a little bit of both. Um, I, I was I managed to actually kind of find, uh, again, you know, being resourceful, games that aren't don't show up on your one to two hours. Um, managed to kind of get a couple of carries, you know, through games that people have had experience in, and actually had some fun along the way in a few of them. Um, you know, uh, I had a friend that, that kind of carried me through State of Decay 2, and it was, it was nice to just kind of hang out with your friends and play the game, and they're showing you what to do and, and all this, and because of their knowledge, it actually cuts off a lot of time in the game, and they have the resources and stuff, so it, it cut into some of the more co-op fun game in time, but it, you found ways to squeak it in, too, and... I got a nice, uh, nice little fun story I'm going to share, and I told you I'd do this, L, about play your games for fun. <laughs> Couch co-op story. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to share this one with you, because it was one of those, those moments that was just really fun during Leapfrog. Uh, my nephew, not not the nephew you guys often reference. Um, yes. My actual nephew was, was over for a week during Leapfrog, and... Um, uh, of all the games, I'm playing Victorious Time to Shine, you know, which oh. is a, a fantastic game for a 40 year old guy um, to to be playing. And I also playing... played that during this. So <laughs> yes, Android did as well. And we're sitting there. My best friend's brother is the one. For... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't know it at all. Go ahead. My wife was singing <laughs> it in the bedroom while I was doing it. <laughs> So there is uh So it's not a good game then, no. Beauty of the completionist. Uh, I've got I've got it sat here. We uh my nephew is playing Call of Duty, he's a PlayStation kid and playing Call of Duty, he's seventeen, and there's a local co op achievement and I 
turn around and look at him. It's about midnight, and I'm like, hey, you know, uh, I need you to stand in front of the Kinect camera with me so I can get these co-op achievements. He says, okay, so he gets up in front of the camera with me, and being the art and gamers that we are, I just kind of wave my hand so the, the score registers, so the game thinks that we were actually playing. And when he saw me do that, and I had earned some points, he, he suddenly was like, hold on a second, I'm not going to let you beat me. So he actually starts doing some dance moves, <laughs> which in turn, the competitive drive in me says, well, you're not going to beat me, I'm not just going to stand here and let you beat me, so... Before you know it, there's here I am, a 40-year-old man with a 17-year-old nephew. We're both playing victorious in full-on <laughs> dance moves in our in my game room, competitively dancing against each other. It was one of the most ridiculous sights. I I still laugh about it. Uh, wife got a great kick out of it. It was it was a really funny moment because no business uh, us two should be playing that game to begin with, let alone playing it straight up. <laughs> Uh, so there you go, Al. Play your games for fun, right? Ah, that game and I are our enemies. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, collected all wardrobe items achievement did not pop for me. It did not pop for me either. I got to go back to it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. So I had I redid the whole game a second time. It still didn't pop. So then I deleted the save date and did it a third time in one sitting, and then it popped. So, yay! I, I know get, that game quite well. Yeah, I get to look forward to that. Yay! <laughs> I will say the songs are pretty catchy. I didn't say that. No, they're terrible. It is. Game. It is. Yeah. The worst well, part is connect. Uh, is. The, the worst thing is when connect games. <laughs> you can't use the controller to pick stuff, and you got to do the swiping. And oh, that's it, up, it's awful. And you miss. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Oh. That's I my. Got, I got record. my connect out once for Leapfrog. I, you didn't use it at all, and that was Gunslinger. I, I oh. had to use it for Victorious, and I think I used it for one other thing. But like, I let's live cheer, in a, let's cheer, let's cheer. <laughs> no, but my wife told me oh. I need to. That's in my collection over there. So yes, stream it. Hasn't let's cheer only got like twelve achievements. Yeah, right that's why I didn't play it. Uh, I think I look. I think I look. Yeah, I think I looked at it and thought no, because I, 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 my my three sixty connects sat on my wardrobe covered in dust and I haven't used it for ages and I was like look I've still got quite a few games to dive I should get it out and start playing it and then I saw oh it's uh, Gunslinger's got quite a few achievements that are quite early on in the, the first campaign I'll get them got it out got the one for looking at the download and then turned it off and never put another <laughs> connect game on so I'll pop one achievement in the uh, Connect games through the Leapfrog. Well, there was actually that... one that you had mentioned, Let's Cheer only having 12. Nick Dance 1 was one that had like a low achievement count, but you could basically idle that game. So even though it only had, you know, 16 in it, it was 16 absolutely painless achievements for the most part. Because you, you could just turn it on and basically sit down in front of the Connect and wave your hand once and basically kind of BS your way through the game, for lack of a better term. That game is great. Dora taught me a lot of Spanish. I was okay. so tired of hearing that game. <laughs> 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 C 
See, for a lot of the time, I was outweighing games I could dive and get relatively quite a few achievements in because the nature of my dive is I'm only really meant to play one new game a day. So I couldn't smash out four or five new games every day, even though in that last week, I actually, and it still makes me feel sick, played more than one game a day. <laughs> just just because there was two reasons i wanted more sleep and two work called me up and said look we need you in the office a lot more this week and i i took my xbox to work and even though my boss knew what was going on he wasn't particularly happy <laughs> with me playing my xbox while rendering images um so i um started playing quicker easier games and took a few hits on my dives just because i've got that many games sat there to play i just decided that it was probably in the best interest to uh get them over and done with get leapfrog day done over and done with quicker than um needed be as for like taking over my gaming life uh the short answer is yes, because in the beginning, it wasn't so big a problem. I'd earn one achievement, and then I'd flip over to my PlayStation and play Yakuza or something. Um, Whoa. Right? Um, but especially in the later parts, it, it was... In the middle part, it was I was able to kind of finagle in other things. Like, there's a, there's a good spot of the LeapFrog competition where I earned a bunch of Borderlands achievements, because my wife had never played the original Borderlands. So uh, we replayed a lot of that and I earned a bunch of achievements that way. And then I just like top off and be like, all right, I have to go earn the rest of these in another game. And then at the near the end, uh, before I mentioned, you know, wanting to play Smite, can't do that. My friends, my friends finally got into Monster Hunter World, which is a game I absolutely love to death. But now that they're all playing, I'm in Leapfrog, can't join him for that. So it's it started taking over everything, and the gaming started being more of a secondary job in order to keep myself in it, and less about enjoying a game. The, the Neo Geo games, uh, the ACA games that I, I brought up in this conversation... They're fine games, but they're not my cup of tea. I'm not good. I'm not really that good at arcade fighters. I'm not. I'm not good at racing games. Uh, I I like slow tactical games. I, Monster Hunter World's an RPG. Smite is a lot of tactics. Uh, those are my bag. And I wasn't able to play a lot of the games I wanted to play. I was now playing games that I needed to play. All right. Chewy on Ice asks, why do we in general get so involved in these events and in, particularly, uh, in particular push ourselves so hard when the reward so clearly isn't worth the effort, at least on paper? And you go. Uh, You're back with us. I, I, I'm going to chalk this up. I, I, somebody who probably knows a little bit more about this than I do <laughs> made a comment to me and it kind of made sense. Uh, um, he maybe felt like my, my push of this might have been a midlife crisis. I don't think I could argue that. <laughs> um, 
you know, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to really dispute that at this point, you know, you kind of, kind of reach this point, you know, in, in your life, you know, I 40 years old and it said, you know what? Okay. This is going to be my one, one go at it, you know, and let's, let's see where I get. And I'm not going to say he's wrong, (laughs) but I think it's a, it's a fairly good assessment. I think that's where I was coming from. Interesting. Matt, I? Uh, I, 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 Stupidity is probably the main reason <laughs> more than mm-hmm. the main one. Uh, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hadn't, from my personal side, I hadn't put much gamer score up since the G-Task in 2016. And I'd watched friends pass me in gamer score, and uh, over the years I didn't I didn't care. And then it got to the point where my brother was ten thousand gamer score behind me, and I, I looked at Leapfrog and went, "He's not catching me. <laughs> I'm not letting him do it." It was more of a pride thing to push away from my brother, and overtake some friends that had overtaken me and get closer to especially my my previous teammates in Mephisto and Rogue both of them Rogue was always in front of me but he was we were always sort of like 5000 gamer score between each other and when uh the fame stuff came on he ma- made a massive push because he's from the Oceana and he tried to 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 win uh the gamer score for Oceana and um, he scored like 350,000 or something in in a couple of weeks um, and he skyrocketed over the million and I was like I want I want that so I used it as a, a push for that um, but it's definitely stupidity and pride I think okay Android uh, kind of going off what Matt I said it's it's a pride issue for me. I'm a when I when I play a game, I play for fun. It's a game. But when I'm in a competition, I am mad competitive. And when I ha- I had my friends saying like, "Oh, you're just shooting for this," and you know, like, "Oh, there's gonna be all these competitions. You know, we're, we'll root for you, but we'll see how it pays out." It it agitated me, and it pushed me all the harder. I. I'm not I'm I'm a gracious loser but I'm not in a competition okay with just giving up. So when it when push comes to shove, I just push all the harder and I'm not I I I can't my my pride won't let me give up. So it, it and it comes back to the maybe a sh- uh, a shy amount of stupidity because I my body I know was starting to be like hey you really need to sleep and your focus is lacking you you should go and you know take a break but I couldn't let it so it's it's a pride thing for me alrighty let's talk about games yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you've gotten this question the most, but uh, 
You want to pick like two or three games that are you played that were good and two or three games you played that were awful. Uh, the good, of course, being victorious. Of course. <laughs> uh, game of the decade right there. It's actually... So uh, good. If you play this game, you are elite. Um, I couldn't make this up. It's currently worth 1,337. <laughs> 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 if you play this game, you are elite, son. Yes. Couldn't make that up if I tried. Mad-Eye, what's some good games that you played? <laughs> Most of the games I played was trash. <laughs> There's got to be one lie. or two. Um, yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed Bee Simulator. Whoa. It's, it's not your common, really great game. And I, I don't think many people will agree with me. But it was just, while playing Leapfrog, a lot of the games that I played were either pixel graphics that were horrible games just built for gamer score and achievements then there were games that i followed for guides that were more um easier on the eye so it's like cool to the sea i really enjoyed that i know you mentioned it on your podcast i don't know it was last week or the week before and um the person basically talking about it was like it's just collectibles it's not wrong (laughs) it is just collectible after collectible yeah but the game looks really nice and it was great for Leapfrog because I was able to play the Windows 10 version and the Xbox One version pretty much simultaneously. Running from one collectible on the Xbox then running to the same collectible on the uh, Windows 10. Put my controller down, picking up the Xbox controller, doing that. So it was uh, those games were, were good for, for the score. I might have to. I've actually ironically played a couple of games over the last week again, just to see how trashy they were. Like Mayo. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> so I actually played Mayo again earlier on today, just to have a look at it and see how trashy it was. And it is trashy. But I wasn't really taking it in when I was playing it for Leapfrog. But I mean, B Simulator was. It was really sort of mellow it's not one that was really i don't think on many people's radars it's a classed as a simulation game but it's like open world uh and you're and it was one of those games that i played along with my daughter so she was interested in the movement of the bee and and things like that so it was it was nice to play along with her um I've already mentioned Freedom Finger. It's probably one of my favourite shmups as such that I've played, even though I've played quite a lot of the Japanese ones. Um, but obviously with them being in Japanese, they're really hard to understand and know what I was doing. A lot of the time I was basically turboing the A button to shoot and sort of wiggling it with my foot, with my stick, while I was playing on the Xbox One to sort of try and get extra points to get through. Because some of them allow you to just press start and continue, so that a lot of them were them. Um uh, and I like platforming games, but I didn't really get to play many. Uh, Lose Revenge was quite good because that was another one that I didn't have to follow a guide. So anything that I could play that I didn't have to follow a guide, I'd probably class as good through Leapfrog. I will actually say Lose Lose Revenge was in itself just I thought a actually a pretty good schmup because uh, uh, you don't 
we don't get a ton of those twin stick shooters. And I actually really just enjoyed the game in and of itself. You know, achievements aside, I thought it was fairly well put together. I was really disappointed with Lose Revenge at one point because I realized that if I'd have kept all of my yeah. points for the upgrades, <laughs> yep. I could upgrade everything quit out. and then quit out yep. and have all my points. And I, it was like halfway through the game, I realized that I could do it. And I think it was mainly because it was probably into the 90th day or 95th mm-hmm. day, sort of somewhere in between 900 and 100 days. And my mind wasn't as active yeah. as it should be with those games and it would have been probably something that I would have thought of and there's no, no guides there's telling no you information you on Lose Revenge at all and it, <laughs> yeah yeah and I, and I was like why didn't I think of this because I could have got another yep. three or four achievements out of this game and now I've got to play the whole game again oh. even though I enjoyed it I've got to go back to it so yeah. uh, Android good games bad games uh, why not both <laughs> right uh, so I mean, there were a couple of of gems that I I came across. Like I, there are a lot of games, and I I know that EA tried to tell me differently that multiplayer is the way of the future. But I like a good solid story single player game. So the ones that really stuck with me are the ones that uh, were very story based, and this like I had them in my collection, but I never got around to playing them. Uh, some of the more light clicking points uh and walking sims like i i genuinely loved the assembly i thought that was a great game um i i mentioned sky hill earlier as kind of a resource management roguelike type of game which was really good but uh, i had never played darkestville castle which was very monkey island sense of humor point click adventure game and uh, the Little Acre, which, oh god, that the little girl was the most adorable little girl. <laughs> um, it's those kinds of those kinds of story games really stuck with me. And then conversely, I there were, oh god, I can't remember. It was like was it Into the Blue or the one with the dying robots? Like I that game, I did not get behind. Uh, but also. I, as far as games I didn't like, I am a, I'm a chicken. Halloween is my least favorite time of the year. Uh, bumps in the night terrify me. Like I'm, I'm not good with that. So when I had to play games like, not your toy was not terrifying, but like when you're playing it at two o'clock in the morning, wait, wait, hold like... on. <laughs> your toy was not terrifying. It was <laughs> for different reasons. The story was yeah, I think for different reasons it may have been the terrifying. achievements were, but like, but when you're playing at like one in the morning and and everyone's asleep and then you, you've got like the sound on just enough so you can hear things coming and then all of a sudden your cat jumps on your lap. That's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> did you manage did you manage to get the key quickly? after my 12th try yes <laughs> i got lucky on my first try uh i was shocked <laughs> first but like and then uh another game that like pissed me off and this is for different reasons I, maybe it's the same reason like we talked about your toy and the the achievement thing but <sighs> goat simulator if i have to play oh, another goat simulator <laughs> <laughs> i can't 
I don't blame you. I played all. Yeah, <sighs> I played th- the three of them on all three different screens, and um, <laughs> I've still got like thirty achievements in each one to go back and do. Um, not, I don't think I'll, unless something like this, I ever do anything remotely like this again. That game's just never going to be completed. So like, did you so, try fl- Flappy Goat on three consoles at the same time? Pass. <laughs> no, I, I completely bypassed Flappy Goat. I just went, no, I'm Don't not even going to try that. Entertain it. So, so for me, a lot no, of the no. single player story based, uh, a lot of click and play adventure games. But the Walking Sim games had a really solid story. Like, like I said, the assembly was so good, and the whoever they got for the VOing, that that guy was smooth as silk. I loved his voice. But, <laughs> It was it was such a good game and Little Acre and all those like they they made you feel and those were the ones that really stuck with me at the end and I think it's because I I paid attention to the story and they they weren't like the early games I played those mid to late and I really got into those so that that's what I remember. All right, Anigo. Uh, there was a, a couple, I mean, yeah, there, there was some bad games, but, you know, even bad games have their certain place, I guess, you know, like, in, in the environment that we're in. Some of the rats were kind of surprising, um, but one that stuck out to me was uh, a game called Police Chase, and, and Matt, I will probably get this more so than anybody else, but it's it's Crash Time 5, if anybody's ever played Crash Time. And I, it was on sale once during the thing, and I, I picked it up, and sight unseen, didn't even know what the game was about, just had a ton of achievements, and raided in at five hours. Okay, fits the bill what I'm looking for, and when I loaded up the game, and I'm literally, uh, they, they use the same map, it's a carbon copy. <laughs> I was shocked, and I was, I'm a big fan of the Crash Time series, and they're a lot of fun, because they're so bad they're good i mean (laughs) that's the whole premise of the game and so i really enjoyed my time with that um you know one one game and i'm gonna mention this because you guys brought it up on the the podcast i think a week maybe two weeks ago on a roll 3d (laughs) i have a little Mm. bit of a little bit of bad experience with that game (laughs) and i'll share this with you folks uh so i'm not good at platformers um, so not a strong suit of mine. There's a section in Honor Roll 3D late in the game where they decide to invert the, the map. And you have to basically play the game with inverted controls and try to get through the level. Well, I am already bad at platformers. Why are you going to invert the controls on me late in the game? So mm. I had finished up my day in Leapfrog and I said, well, I'm getting close to getting to the boss. So what I'll do is I'll if I complete this level, I'll be set up to just fight the boss of the next level, earn a couple of achievements when I start off my day tomorrow. So I'm trying to complete the level, and I get this wild idea to turn my monitor upside down to get through the inverted <laughs> part, which is all well and good, but I have my monitor set up on a dual stand, on a dual mount, so I took one of the monitors off and not oh, no. thinking ahead of time the counterweight of the second monitor it ended up toppling over and sliced my left middle finger as I tried to catch it. <laughs> oh, oh, God. And it was just a big comedy of errors at 3 a.m. in my house while everybody was sleeping with monitors falling and me cutting my finger open. And <laughs> um, I laugh about it now because it's really uh. foolish. But uh, 
Uh, needless to say, so I have a disdain for that that game on a, <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> but um, you know, funny nonetheless, and you, you kind of run into a few gems. Uh, I'm going to butcher how this game is pronounced, but the the Gajin Sharenji one kiss or kill. Oh, kiss or kill. Yes, we'll just go with kiss or kill. Um, I love the concept of the game. Anybody that takes the time to actually like let the the load the loading screen stay on the loading screen, the developer actually put in a nice little note in that game to the player, um, which was you know really heartwarming to actually read it. Uh, so if anybody owns that game, you know just take a chance to check that out. Uh, I won't spoil it for anybody, but I it, it was a touch and note to the player. So um, a lot of respect for the guy that made that game and why he made it. So. It, you know, like I said, anybody gets a chance to check it out. Not a difficult completion, um, but well worth the time. So, and nobody under any circumstances should ever play Allison's Diary Rebirth. Nobody. That 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 is probably <laughs> the worst experience I've ever had in video games. That was in my queue. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I've just thought of another one that I really enjoyed and Ooh. I can't believe I forgot about it. Chicken Police. Yes! <laughs> if, if no one played Chicken Police, that is by far the best point and click I've played in probably three or four years. It was so good. Easily. I will have to add that yeah. one to the list, for sure. I saw a couple of... I think oh, you oh, and Black Blood both it, played it. it. Um, at one point. Yeah, I, I, I dived it earlier on in, in the year knowing that it was a two-hour completion, if that, for over 30 achievements. And I was like, so that's a nice, solid solid number for a solid amount of time. But I actually took longer to play that game just because of the way it, the way it was delivered. Because you were actually having fun. And Yeah. Yeah, I, re- I just really enjoyed it. I didn't speak, like, you can speak through the dialogue. I didn't do that. Um, the visuals, because... I'm a graphic designer, so visuals on certain things get my juices flowing, and just the concept of the whole the way this game is produced uh, and looks is really, really nice. So if you haven't played it, I'd definitely suggest playing it because it is it is a gem, and I can't believe I forgot about it. I'll definitely have to look. At, I I had it on on the list because I noticed you and and Black Blood had played it. So it obviously, you know, we're all watching what everybody's doing at some point or another. So, you know, we're taking ideas from everybody. All right. We're going to be wrapping up soon. Uh, before we go, we're going to talk about every nerd's dream stats. <laughs> I did notice something interesting. Um, a stat that I picked up is that. Both Android and Mad-Eye have completion percentages in the 30s. <laughs> Black Blood and Inigo have completion percentages in the 90s. So it's very interesting. A cheer hunter could be, could be anything. Completionist, someone who likes quantity, quality. Well, it's just fascinating. It's just fascinating. It's it's kind of the same thing with, with Mad-Eye, though. Like, I, I have a a vast collection and I've, I've started a lot of games, but then I don't have the time and then I don't get back to them. And 
I I have a bad record of that, and I know that. <laughs> it's it's just I, I always say it's like a gamers thing. You wouldn't start the first ten or twenty minutes of of thirty movies and then go on to the next one. It's just like a weird gamer thing. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. But, it, uh, is, it is. How a, from the? F- it's. I don't know. So anyway, who's got stats for me? I I, I got uh, a handful. Um, I've got a couple. I'm gonna. If Android wants to go first, uh, I think a lot of ours are going to be similar, but they may be different. So eh, maybe we'll see. Compare notes. <laughs> uh, I can tell you that I first off I broke a million TA, which is brilliant. That's awesome. good for me. Congratulations! Uh, Yay! And uh, I completed 243 games. Lots of them were trash, but wow, 243 <laughs> games in the span of 130 days. Yeah, nice. Uh, I wrote down my so I, I wrote up these stats the day after. Uh, Leapfrog got over, so the TA may have fluctuated by this point. That said, by the end of the competition, I had earned 8,528 achievements, because of the aforementioned being dropped in week 72. Uh, I had earned 566,842 TA. So that's over... So, I'm sorry, 448,000. It's a difference... I had started off with 566,000. So I almost earned double my TA over the course of the Leapfrog competition. Uh, And amazing. uh, I earned 366,331 gamer score, which is over double what I had when I started off the competition. That's. Nice job. Yeah, that's. Some impressive uh, numbers for sure, and they're very similar. They they look, you know, fairly in line, you know, with with what I'm looking at here, you know. And I I, I broke my my stats down a little bit here. So achievements one were eight thousand five hundred fifteen achievements. And now I will say this: there I know of at least five or six days I did go over the quota, not intentionally. Um, some of those unintended consequences from games you just don't know what what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. um, so I did go over a few days. So, but based off of that number over the duration, I had earned sixty five achievements per day on average over one hundred and thirty days. My gamer score I earned three hundred sixty five thousand gamer score for a rough average of twenty eight hundred gamer score per day. Um, TA wow. score, yeah, four hundred ninety-five thousand TA for thirty-eight hundred TA per day. Completed games, I ended up getting about three hundred ten completed games for two point four per day. I started three hundred sixty-five new games, uh, averaging, and I can hear Mad Eye cringing right now. <laughs> two. 2.8 games per day started on average. <laughs> and I pulled this little stat for all the true uh, the true achievement difference aficionados. I was averaging 1,000 TAD per day during the competition. That was uh, an average over 130 days. Nice. 
Yeah. I I was going to say out of the out of the 243 that I finished, I I took a quick tally of the amount of games that I played and it was like over 500 games that I played over the course of the competition. And I I'm just glad I finished anything. <laughs> There we go, 583 games is what I played over the course Ooh. of the competition. Now, I probably played Unreal. well more than those, probably not much more than the started games, because my completionist mentality, I tend to not have a ton of stuff lingering out there to pull from a pool. I have to start new games. <laughs> Mad eyes. I've got no stats <laughs> for you, really, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, All right. Just, just it's basically the way I played Leapfrog. I, I, I didn't pencil anything really in. Um, I can tell you, I went up five percent in completion <laughs> percentage. Nice. Um, because I'm gutted. I'm over thirty. Um, because I was at a cool twenty-eight percent before <laughs> Leapfrog started. Um, and I plan to get back down there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I guess the most important stat is uh, that you all started with one wife and ended with one wife. So, absolutely, that's, and that seems yeah. to be. I count that as a win. Yeah, and we're all still employed. Um, I am still oh, employed. We are that all was actually still employed. Yeah, that, as well, yeah. <laughs> that was also another thing that helped me keep in this competition was I I I had uh, I'm not good at taking vacation. I'm not good at using my time off. So I had I got to use two weeks of vacation in December, along with all the personal days I also didn't spend. So I was only working three days a week through the entire month of December. That's the only other reason I was able to keep up. All right. Are there any parting thoughts anyone would like to share or any plugs or any anything? Uh, I have a couple. Um, <laughs> go for it. Or anyone you want to thank. Yeah, I have a couple people I, I definitely want to thank um, for sure. And number one, obviously, man, she will always be number one on this list is my wife. Um, just a tremendous woman. Um, can't thank her enough. Uh, Black, Black Blood, Android, and Mad-Eye. Uh, these three guys are really some of the three greatest guys I have met. Um, and have actually, if nothing else, aside from being in this competition, I am thankful that I've actually had the opportunity to get to know them on a personal level. Uh, because of this competition. Um, and I would like to thank Chuckles37v3. Many of you may not know him. He's the, the guy that carried me through. He's a good friend of mine. He carried me through State of Decay, Astroneer. Um, he was, we had a couple other carries kind of lined up. He was working ahead of me to see what type of co-op games he could basically pull me into to just kind of give me a reprieve. When I needed it, uh, walk appeal who's in the age community, age one one community, uh, his human fall flats, boy, those days off really came in handy. <laughs> uh, retro chief, 1969. What a great guy. Helped me out a lot. Uh, this person, he was kind of a silent partner of mine, uh, Kronos or some may know as Expovos. He did a great job of managing the spreadsheet for me, um, pulling in information, um, having it ready for me when I needed it. He helped me out with several carries as well, um, bringing me into a few games that he's well-versed in, so I could just basically have that time off. And 
my GTASC teammates of Philip Wendell, Hawkeye Berry, and AZ Mongoose. Those guys literally worked around all my leapfrog efforts while we were running through GTASC. Uh, very selfless acts on their part. Um, cannot thank them enough. And my last little shout out, I just kind of want to give uh, anybody that knows Kronos or Expovos, and if you haven't read his blog on TA, or even had the, the pleasure of actually meeting him, he is an excellent individual, very intelligent. Um, he runs a stream on Tuesday nights, 9 to 12 midnight Eastern. We are actually going to run an experiment on his stream on February 9th. We are going to play a single player game, and we're going to turn it into a co-op game. So I am going to help coach... Kronos in the famous Hexic HD during his stream on Tuesday, February 9th. So, if anybody wants Ooh. to check out how that operates, I'm going to help coach Kronos to get the Grand Pearl Poobah. So, if anybody wants to watch that stream, uh, check it out, February 9th, 9 to 12 midnight Eastern. And uh, you can see exactly what we're going to do there, okay? Should be fun. All right, Mad Eye. Uh, pretty much echoing what's just been said. My wife and my little girl are my two rocks, so they've got to be at the top of the list. Everybody that I've come across in Leapfrog, especially these three guys. Um, again, I want to echo everything <laughs> that's just been said. Everyone is stand up and I appreciate being able to get to know everybody and I'm just glad that you, you messaged us <laughs> on TA <laughs> just to, 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 to because when I first got that message I was like well, actually I got the message on the Xbox so I hadn't even seen the TA message and I was like really? Is this going to happen? <laughs> Can this work? And it did and I, I, I'm part, part of me was a little wary to choose to stop but I'm glad we did I'm glad that we all stopped together it's uh, it's something that I'm never going to forget so that's uh, a testament to the three remaining people um, I've got to say thanks to my brother Jimsy26 he uh, did a lot of recon as uh, playing games before me <laughs> to find out how quick they were um, and what I could get out of them, even making side notes on games such as Tronus and uh, Freedom Finger that hadn't got many guides out there to give me help and hints. Um, and I've got to thank Mephisto and uh, Rogue1992 because they gave me some handy hints with games. And then to my Friday night crew, that I game with every Friday night. Captain Cookie One, Thor's Bold Eagle, and two names, 06. Those three guys pulled me through every weekend. They were in my party, cheering me on, not letting me play games with them, um, except for Friday nights, where they made me play the easy games. Well, they made me play the easy games. <laughs> they would invite me to games that they knew I couldn't play so I would play Starbound 
pop my 50 <laughs> achievements. Oh, that was make a hard one. Make people think that I was done in the... Yeah, make people think I was done in the competition by popping these easy games, by getting these 50 achievements in two minutes, just so I could play with my buddies, just to give me some sanity every week. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, uh, Oriel. Um, he messaged me the last week and basically said, I've got a server on Sea of Thieves. Do you want to uh, jump in and I'll get you some achievements? Hold um, on, I'm gonna have to have a I'm gonna have to have a talk so with Oriole about that. Where, where was my invite on it? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Oriole. You, you, you just threw him out there. I'm, I'm sending the message. <laughs> yeah, I already have beef with Oriole for reading every game five out of five and fully <laughs> ruining the integrity he of does the like voting system. That. Right, I rated every game one to two hours. <laughs> oh, Chewy, Chewy's going to get on you now. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I think my shoutouts go to. Uh, I mean, obviously, my wife uh, to echo that sentiment because without her, basically letting me do this to the fullest extent that I could, uh, I I wouldn't have been able to because if she had at any point said you got to stop it's going to cost you, then I probably would have stopped. So the thing I, I, I huge shout out to profile. I don't want a profile, <laughs> which, which is my wife's. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, shout out to her. Uh, shout out to walk though for carrying me through. Uh, he went fall flat, which uh, that was on a day when I had meetings at work all day. And, he he helped me through virtually all of that while I was uh, also paying attention to a meeting. Um, Angel shout, walk. Shout out to uh, shout out to uh, Rich for letting us all end this amicably. Uh, and these three guys here. Uh, well, Blood's not here, but you know what I mean. The, the three of us, uh, the others who. Now, when I got that message from Inigo, I think I'd only talked to him cursory beforehand, and we had done a quick online session in uh, Madden, <laughs> yeah. which I think is how we got this ball rolling as far as yeah. the conversation was going. <laughs> He's like, hey, you need Madden, I need Madden. We're in the competition. Uh, yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> let's do it. Um, so I, and when I got that message saying, hey, uh, what if we all agreed to do this? Like, like I said, my pride was kind of a stopping point. I was like, are we really like, is this going to work? And are we all going to be able to walk away with this with our heads held high? And, you know, I'm, I, I was weary of it as well. And then when it happened the next day, I remember getting sleep and I was like, you know, I'm happy this happened. Um, it's a, a, also a minor shout out. Uh, also. So one of the things I had to do and uh, not had to do, but in my daily routine was uh, every other week, I, my wife and I joined a group with, for, uh, for D&D. And those sessions can go long. Uh, uh, our friend uh, Nick, who uh, his, his gamer tag is uh, Blame the Wizard. He, uh, he, during the later parts of each one of our sessions, he, he openly let me use his Xbox during like prolonged battles to he's like hey i know this is important to you do you 
if you need to use my Xbox, go ahead. So I did. <laughs> uh, he he. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> he looked at a couple of those games, man, and was wondering what the. <laughs> he wondered what the hell I was playing because some of those games did not look uh, not look great. They were all the <laughs> pixel art ones. So. <laughs> I was like, what are you so even playing? Beautiful. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but I know it's got achievements. <laughs> it's late, man. Just let me do this. So, uh, shout out to him. Uh, so, that's that's kind of all I got. I, a lot of it was those people. And my own personal drive. So, And of all course, right. thanks, thanks to you, Al. Me? Yeah. I just work here. <laughs> Are you sure you actually even do work? <laughs> I've got one quick more mention. What's up, Mad Eye? I was going to say, I've got one more quick mention to my uh, endless bean dive friends, uh, Montana97 and Sea Monkey Powder. You boys are legends. People think you're crazy, but I think you're sane. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, you're all banana. You're all crazy. But that's what makes us great. We're all a little bit crazy. The whole community is. Uh, any achievement hunter has, has a certain level nuts. of craziness to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just enjoy games. That's all I've got to say. Yep. Alright, thank you Android, Mad-Eye, and Inigo for joining me. And good night everyone. Welcome to Spellbreaking News with Wakapale. The developers of Spellbreak, Proletariat, intends to revamp the game's class system soon. The definition of soon is not known. The change will break or change the requirements of three of the game's 11 achievements. Since people get angry when you take away their progress, Proletariat has drastically reduced the experience needed to progress through the class mastery system, allowing players to get unlockables before they are moved to the store. This also means that instead of thousands of matches, you can get the completion in around 150 matches, depending on skill. They've also overhauled how you gain experience. It used to be based on time alive and damage, but right now you actually have to do things to get experience, and idling will reward you with extremely little experience. Just hiding and surviving the circles is still viable, but won't get you as much experience as murdering everyone you see around you. The positive thing is that you'll likely earn more experience if you're active in a match. Unfortunately, it appears the experience boost in the season pass are now broken. At least one of them did not work for me. The experience required for the completion has been lowered from 1.6 million to 270,000. Coupled with the other changes, this formerly more than 400 hours completion now takes around 50 hours to complete. If you disable crossplay and choose an Asian server, you're very unlikely to run into other players aside from bots, but the lag spikes might kill you. Since the bots do not cooperate, 
playing with a squad is probably the way to go if you want quick and easy experience. Right now, Spellbreak has 1000 gamer score worth over 10,000 TA, with over 6000 of those points tied to the, its most time consuming achievement, which has a ratio above 50. It's going to be interesting to see where it ends up in a couple of months. Time for me to finish Spellbreak. Pretty.